presented by TBR Sports. This is the Boot Review Podcast. Boys, welcome back. Episode 128 of the Booth Review Podcast. Not a pick'em podcast this go around. We've been hyping it up for a long time. It's finally here. The wiffle ball regular season is over, and it's time to get into the playoffs. And as promised, we are going to give you a playoff preview with a current player, two current players, and a current analyst of TBR wiffle ball. But uh, but first, welcome back to the podcast, Michael Lynch, member since 2020. COVID survivor, how's it going? That's good. I mean, let's, let's tell me I wear I wear it proudly. I survived COVID. Um, no, yeah, we're good. Happy to be back. Always, you know, I'm happy to be on a pod. So I'm excited for this one, especially. This is something that even before the season, I think you and I look forward to. I'm excited that Matt's a part of it now. See his perspective of things, and uh, it's going to be a fun one. So I'm really excited, and just uh, it's always a good time when we get to sit down and talk whiffs. So always, yeah. The last time you and I were were talking, we were answering bullshit NHL questions that about crazy. some random Canadian kid's favorite hockey player. Yo, <laughs> if you get my if you get my account name, you get the point. <laughs> that All was right, the well, most absurd, right. and I can't even throw stones from my glass house because I won the Jeopardy. But yeah, I got <laughs> clicking on the $500 question for NHL player and having it be my favorite player was one of the most infuriating moments of my life. It was wild. <laughs> Safe to wild. say we won't ever do that again, but we oh. will be doing Jeopardy again, but I think I'm just going to make the Jeopardy and have you two yeah. play each other. Yeah. Or we'll find a better Jeopardy, yeah. um, and we can all play. But that was fucking bullshit. Yeah, that was crazy. Um, I'd be more mad if I were you. But um, yeah, I just I think I sold in some sense, too. But that, I definitely just like I was giving some throwaway answers. It was tough. Yeah, but there were there were some throwaway. I mean, it was it's tough to be put in that position when you just don't know. I just I know? just wasn't there, man. Just What's my there. username? Like, <laughs> I don't even remember. That's how I should. It pissed me off that much. I should. Um, oh, I was listening to Wolf. it. the other. Day. It's like Wolf Shot or something. Wolf yeah, Slap Shot. Wolfgang. Yeah. Um, but yeah, to echo what you're saying, uh, that felt super fucking corporate, whatever. Um, I'm excited <laughs> to get back on the Hey, to piggyback off that. To, Just uh, to circle back real quick. Um, <laughs> excited to be talking whips. Uh, Lynch, you and I are kind of limited tonight because we know exactly what happens. So yeah. we can't talk about the postseason bracket per se. What we can talk about is what happened in the regular season and how yep. each team is looking heading yep. into the postseason. But Matt, you don't know what happened. You no, were present for a couple games during the season, but you don't know what happened in the postseason. No one outside of the players in TBR Wiffle knows what happened, which super excited that that ended up playing out the way it did because now we can do this. You are going to be the first participant of the bracket challenge. Um, and we'll post the bracket probably by the time the podcast is out. The bracket's already going to be out. So for any fans who want to play along with the bracket challenge. Maybe we'll do a giveaway or something for closest uh, bracket or most perfect bracket, whatever it may be. But um, time, like. Oh, yeah. But I'm excited to hear your perspective because, you know, even if we had recorded this before the postseason, I think me and Michael and Jackson and whoever else was on the podcast would have just picked our own teams to go all the way. Yep. So <laughs> it's nice to have a third party who has absolutely no ties to any team in the league to kind of give their outside perspective. Hey, that might and, change um, next year. You know, I'm going to be entering the draft. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, so we'll catch you while you're 
<laughs> are you declaring right now? Is yeah, that, is, is that mean, news? If anyone needs a left-handed curveball thrower, I'm in the league now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I might, I might declare low key. Like, <laughs> take my talents from the press box to the actual like dance. So we'll see. Uh, the 2023 off season. I mean, we can't actually. We can't talk about anything. Never mind. It, <laughs> we'll get there. It, the, we're not in the off season. The regular I'm season. I'm not the transfer day. portal. Is all I'm saying. Like, it, it the is transfer portal. <laughs> like, um, but yeah, it's gonna be. It's gonna be cool to hear like what you think. Um, and you know the player props that you picked out, like your best bets, like game predictions, scores, all of this. Like who's gonna play well, who's gonna not play well. Um, so we'll get into all of that, but. We'll do the part that we can all kind of contribute to first, which is let's wrap up this regular season because there's a lot to talk about here. A um, lot of talking points. Let's start first with um, just the final regular season standings. Um, were we surprised? Were we not? Started off in the NL. Um, and I think we're all going to be surprised for this one. At least, Michael, you and I are going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Expos finish at 13-2. and two. In uh, in runaway first for not only the division but for the league. Yeah, I don't know if you saw this coming because you knew them better than I did, but I certainly yeah. didn't see it coming. Yeah, I guess like the simplest way to put it is like I it didn't shock me by any means. Like you said, like I know the guys and everything. I just wasn't expecting like you can't predict that someone's gonna be or the team as a whole is gonna be that great. Like they were great in the regular season. They mm-hmm. won thirteen games straight. Like that's crazy. Like. Especially coming in as a first-year team, that's impressive. And I thought they played really well together. I mean, I, I want to say, like, you know, if I'm c- talking my perspective, being a D-back, we got lucky we faced them in the first series. <laughs> like, um, so I'll take that. But, no, they were it, – it's definitely, I, I think, like, to no discredit, it was a shock in a sense for everyone. But um, yeah. to them, they're, they, like, they're a very good team. So, to me, it wasn't entirely shocking. But I wouldn't – if you – we, I did it. We sat down before the season, and I didn't predict them to go thirteen and two. So, no. uh, you know, my hats off to them. That's impressive. Uh, the Expos they had a great regular season, but yeah, I don't think anyone in their right mind, not even though they would have expected that. So, they came in and they I, dominated. So, I didn't know that Dom was a baseball pitcher in high school, which would have been good information. To yeah, figure uh, out yeah see, I did know that. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> I don't think he ever he touched a bat like twice in his high school career. I had no idea, so it makes sense now. I mean, when we get into award predictions, he never touched a bat. Like he finished like middle of the pack for hits. Like, yeah, very good. Yeah, Yeah. very good hitter. Yeah, and if you saw, especially, I mean, I think his numbers are a little bit skewed downward because the first couple series he didn't really swing. Um, He his OBP was high, but. Um, he really started swinging the bat in the kind of the middle chunk of the season, but had he been, you know, swinging right from the very get go, I think his numbers would have been even higher, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, I was certainly shocked at the Expos' performance as well. It, I was shocked even after opening day. I didn't look. They they looked good to me on opening day, Agreed. right? You guys Agreed. looked better. Yeah. So when you beat them, I wasn't sitting there like, oh, my God, the Expos are going to be the best team in the league. Um, yeah. I think we were all saying that about you guys. Uh, granted, only one series had been played, but I, mm. I don't think anybody post-opening day was like, oh, this is going to be the team that's going to tie the all-time record for wins in a season. Yeah, It really wasn't until the Mets series in Slate 2 when they swept the Mets that I think they – they garnered some respect. I also think that adding Ryan Davies was a huge signing post late one. 
I don't know yeah. if you knew anything about him. But. No, I did. Yeah, I, I knew uh, not as well as the other guys, but I knew David. I mean, like college athlete, like kind of. They all kind of fall under the same, you know, the same umbrella. They're all athletic kids who played sports their whole life and were good at it. So to put them on a team, you're kind of asking for them to do something crazy, and they did. So I agree with you. I think Davies was a huge pickup, both you know, offensively, especially offensively. But I think he did a pretty yeah. good job in the field too, from what I saw, and you know, on the mound whenever he got his chances. So uh, it was that, that was a smart play by them to t- you know, Dude, have him tag along. Filthy on the mound. Yeah, he's sick. Filthy. Yeah. I mean, I gotta give him props. Yeah, play. yeah. What'd you say? I gotta, I gotta give him props that when we played him in the final regular season slate of slate five, yeah. that video just came out like last week. Yeah. Um, Dom didn't pitch, and yeah. we can talk more about that series. It was kind of a throwaway at that point. Um, mm-hmm. And we've talked – I think last podcast, Matt, you and I talked about, like, the strategy that my team was coming in with was – Yeah, you did, yeah. We needed to at least win one game to stay in contention for the second seed in the NL. But Ferulo and I, and much credit to Ferulo – we'll talk about the Padres a little bit later, but much credit to Ferulo came to me with this kind of dilemma. He was like – if we go all out against the Expos, great. We might win home field against the Diamondbacks. He goes, but at what cost? Like, okay, hypothetically, we get home field. It gives us a better chance to beat the Diamondbacks. And then the Expos have seen our best stuff. So we would have absolutely no way in a hypothetical NLCS to beat them if we throw our best guys out there. And I was like, you're totally right. So we basically said that we care more about keeping our cards close to the vest and not giving the Expos any intel than getting home field in the NLDS. So we kind of, I don't want to say we laid down, but we definitely didn't take that series as competitively as we could have. And I think they did the same thing, not to kind of, you know, hide anything from us, but I think they wanted to rest Dom going into the playoffs um, and potentially give themselves another option. But what I'll say is just speaking from experience and being at the plate, I think Ryan Davies has the nastiest pitch in the league. And I'm the only one on the podcast who can, speak on this because I'm the only one who's faced him at the plate he is the only player in the league who can throw a knuckleball and you can't see it on the video I've tried to kind of like take different angles the ball comes in like a cartoon it goes like you literally can't that's why we had so much trouble with him in that slate five series like and it made us look like fucking idiots like Christian myself Brownie and Farula we all were swinging at air against him He's a phenomenal player, and I think that his emergence, slate two and beyond, really just took this team to another level. I don't want to say that without him they wouldn't be as good because I think we all saw what Dom did on the mound. But I think the signing of Ryan Davies is going to go super under the radar when we look back on this season um, and just how well the Expos did in the regular season. I mean, historic, historic run. So. I was definitely surprised that they managed to be 13-2, and two, but they, the way that they constructed their team, um, and I don't know if you got in any of this when you were playing against them, but they just brought a different mentality to this league that hadn't been seen before, like just strategy-wise. I don't know if that makes any sense, but I feel like they were doing things that teams that were in the league prior to weren't doing. I don't know if yeah. that happened for you on opening day or not. But. Yeah, I mean, from what I recall, like, they were tough to play against because they weren't just kind of going out there and playing. And that's what a lot of, a lot of the teams, and I, you know, sometimes we do too on the D backs, but like, I, I think if that's kind of what you mean, like they were very particular about their, you know, what they were doing and yeah. their decisions that they made. And I thought they, 
they were just like simply it sounds weird but they're well organized they were well structured like they knew what they were going for each game and i thought they did a good job at it i mean it was also still so early that they were trying to figure their stuff out uh it was their first series in the league but i think that yeah. i remember playing them. it wasn't an easy series by any means so do you yeah. think if you caught them later on in the year there'd be a different result yeah, we probably – I don't think we – I think we could have probably – I think it would have just been swap maybe. I think we probably could have yeah, gotten a game two. from them. Yeah, or, or swept, honestly. Like, it really <laughs> depends. Like, I'll touch on it later, but I think one of the biggest things with, like, the Diamondbacks – and you honestly, we could even see it in Slate 1 against the, the – the, yeah, I'm sorry. The Expos was, like, the pitching and the offense has to be on the same page. That's, mm-hmm. like, the story of the Diamondbacks, in my opinion. And I'll touch on it, like I said, again later. But well, let's get into it now because you guys yeah. are you're next in the yeah, standings anyway. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, yeah, just so, yeah. So, I mean, I think we're all on the same page. Though, if we're talking outlook for like the Expos, like they did great job from them this in the regular season. But right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If we're talking Diamondbacks, kind of, what do you want me to touch on? Everything. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so you guys finished seven and eight. I mean, I yeah. think you had in your predictions ten and five. Um, yeah, preseason. Which, which, like, but relative to the rest of the league, like, it, it wasn't different. You just had, like, a, more wins on one side yeah. of the bracket and, yeah. like, less on the other. Like, you had every team in the American League going six and nine, which, like, did, honestly, yeah. it was kind of close. Yeah, it <laughs> wasn't entirely far off. But, like, I mean, I would say going into the postseason, I saw you guys as the toughest team to beat. Tougher than the Diamondbacks and tougher than the Mets. You are the Diamondbacks. Tougher yeah, than the Expos. Tougher yeah. than the Mets. Um, and I, you were talking about how you were going to approach the season differently, but now that we're on, you know, the outside of it, yeah. like, like, what what all happened? <laughs> like, it was, Honestly, I, I would say, a very successful season for you. I was, yeah, I was going to say, I think as a, as a unit, as, a thing, as an organization, I thought that was a great I thought we had a great year. I mean, obviously, record-wise, it wasn't what we wanted. But it was something Bryce touched on. Uh, I believe it was our last series. Um, uh, even when we lost, we he, he worded it weird, but it makes sense. Even when we lost, we didn't lose. Like, we built on every game. And, like, he worded that was an awful way for him to word it, but it makes sense. Yeah, I remember the interview, yeah. and it was yeah. weird hearing it. <laughs> and, like, no one said anything about it, but, like, we all got what he meant. Like, in what, in the way I, I think I touched on it then, too, was, like, Obviously, yeah, I could have predicted. Maybe I had a ten and five. It sounds right. Um, obviously, that's what I would want. Uh, it's it's as true to say as you know. We had a if a series flips flops one way, or you grab a win in a series that we could have been there. You know, we got swept in a series yeah. by the days. That was a tough one. Um, there were a couple of times where you know we were holding on to games uh, and we were we were kind of letting teams get back in it. Personally, that's how I felt. We had a lot of times when that happened. We let teams awesome. get back in. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and even even there were some times where we one of the biggest things uh, that that kind of bothered me the most throughout the year, and it bothered all of us. We all agreed is we left a lot of runners in scoring position. Like we we would have yeah. bases loaded often, and then strike out and back to back. Like you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So uh, that was something that was frustrating. Uh, but if we're talking like season as a whole, regular season as a whole, we built on what happened last year. I thought we were a much more competitive team than we were the year before. Uh, granted, I believe um, in 2022 we arguably were competitive as well, but record-wise and, you know, obviously the way the season went, we were kind of out of it. Um, but I thought this year, like, we went into every series knowing we could win the series. And that was our goal. It was to get get two out of three. If we can get two out of three, yeah. then we can play for the third one or whatever. That was our goal. And I thought we did a pretty good job at that, giving ourselves a chance every series to do that. 
Um, yeah, that's an interesting yeah. kind of point that you bring up that I've yeah. kind of pondered on when thinking about yeah. your team. And, you know, yeah. I have to write the um, the pregame scripts for every game. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, as the season's going on, I'm touching on stuff that I'm seeing happen. And what I've noticed with you guys, and I kind of knew going into the season that it was going to be a better year for you, just the way that you were talking. Um, yeah. It sounded like a lot of preparation had went in, but your Definitely. lineup did not change at all from last no. year to this year. Yeah. Um, and I know we played more games last year, so like a five-win season to a seven-win season to some people might not sound as big of a jump, but yeah. five and 13 last year to seven and eight. So, yeah. you know, you brought yourself right back up to 500, and like you said, one or two series go differently, and like exactly. you're talking about a completely different record. Your team, I, I thought, and I said this earlier, was the toughest to beat. Um, yeah. And the toughest to play against, Jackson has mentioned this several times that he thinks that you guys are the best situational hitting team in the league. Yeah. Um, and I, you, know, you mentioned that you left a lot of guys on, but I would also say that you also capitalized with guys on a yeah, lot. That, that was something that I was going to touch on. You, him saying that and you bringing it up is something I also agree on. Like, I would just, one, I appreciate you and Jackson both saying that. But uh, no, yeah, I, think it's a, I think it's a fair point because I feel like there were a lot of times where we were just – it would just happen, just hit after hit after hit, yeah. or clutching up in the right moment. You know, that would just it would happen a lot. And my my thing is, uh, I, I feel like we were consistent. You know, what I'm saying like, and what I mean by that is like, obviously we weren't always consistent, but I'm saying across the board. You know, you look at our stats, you look at this and that. Like us three as a unit, we were very, very similar in in, in most senses. You know, what I'm saying there wasn't much slack being picked up. But I feel like everyone kind of carried their weight um, at times. Obviously, yeah, guys are going to be off or someone's going to be hot. And, you know, that's what's going to happen. But I feel like we were like a really good three-man unit. And that was, like you said, like I think we we all knew that keeping the same team from last year after what happened and what we had saw we could do, that was the biggest thing. Coming to this year, we knew what we were capable of in a sense. You know, we got another year under our belt. All of us, none of us were rookies anymore because Joe and Bryce were all, you know, they were season two. So, yeah, yeah I mean, I think, just kind of coming in and just playing, I guess, I, I would say consistent. I know we didn't look, we might not have been consistent, but I thought like we were. So I thought your performance yeah. was very consistent. Yeah, it was, um, yeah, they were very across score, the board. Score sheet too. I mean, I would take yeah. out the A's series. I think that that's kind of the outlier to your season. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, you played really close competitive games all year. Yeah. Exactly. I, I really can't pinpoint uh, taking out the A series. I really yeah. can't pinpoint a game that was decided by more than a couple runs. And that's not yeah. a bad thing. No, that yeah. was your style of play. You kept teams close. And yeah. that was the scary thing playing against you guys. And um, Matt, I'll have you talk about Mini Fenway because I know you've seen the video. And that was probably mm-hmm. like one of your guys' better series, I would say. For sure. Um, but you look at Mini Fenway, it was, it was unnerving playing against you guys there because when – the script, you know, for lack of a better term, the script, you yeah. know, our game script wasn't going according to plan. There was no cushion because it was like, oh, shit, like these guys aren't going away. Or yeah. it's like you guys won't budge, you know. So if you started hitting us, which is what started to happen, and we weren't hitting you, even though the score wasn't changing at all, it was like, oh, shit, like yeah. <laughs> we're in trouble here. They yeah. are, you know, they're keeping – it was a very – bizarre feeling to be on the other side of that because and again last year was a very offensive heavy year so it was like if your team played well that meant you were scoring like seven plus runs and giving up like a few whereas this year 
a team playing well was like what you guys did. Like you'd score yeah. one or two and give up yep. none. Yeah. And that was good play to me. But Matt, mm-hmm. what did you see from the Diamondbacks at Mini Fenway? I think that just, you know, in that first game, Michael, when you came out in the first inning and hit a, you know, home run to, like, you know, deep center. I mean, that thing was, you hit it to the deep part of the yard, yeah. and, just, and it was it was past, you know. I mean, it wasn't like it was like a close, you know, foot and a half. Mm-hmm. It was a good two, three feet past the wall. And mm-hmm. I think that taking that into the playoffs, you know, you have to take into consideration the absolute explosive power that the Diamondbacks have with their situa- situational hitting that you don't see in a lot of other teams. You know, you see teams like the A's and other teams fold in the pressure. They can't – they leave men on base. You know, you leave a lot of – you guys don't leave runners on base. If there's a dude on third, he's coming home. That's like a guarantee. You know, and I think that's something that you can really take away from the mini Fenway series is that you guys didn't take any chances with leaving guys on, on base once you got there. So that's something I saw. Yeah, especially in that series, I would say. Yeah. There was very few times where we got out of jams. I think you yeah. created jams for us and you capitalized on them, which was frustrating that. for us. Um, I, I think that was your best series of the season. I, I'd say either that or opening day as a team. No, um, yeah, for sure. But what you did at Mini Fenway, I mean, really going into that series, the conversation around the league was that this is probably going to be the – most evenly matched series of the season. And I think that that's true whenever our two teams play, which is what makes the rivalry so great, is that we stack up perfectly. Um, And we'll talk about this when we preview our playoff series. But, I mean, I think you and I match up very well in terms of leadership style and our um, performance at the plate. I think we have similar numbers. We're both lefty hitters. You and I are both – I mean, not to, like, you know, toot our own horns, but we're both very good at, like, clutch situations. I agree with that. We've seen it time and time again. Like, you hit the walk-off on opening day. You hit that home run at Mini Fenway, but then, yeah. (laughs) But then (laughs) there's situations. (laughs) The NLCS last year where I got the better of you and I hit some home runs late. Early on this year against the A's, I was hitting well. I was hitting well against the Mets. I was hitting, you know. I think that you and I match up very well. Sure. I think that Cam and Joe match up very well. They're they're both very calm presences in, in the box. Um, yeah. They're disciplined. They are very good at situational hitting. Don't necessarily put the ball over the fence a lot, but especially Joe is always good for just a liner down the left uh, field, always. down the third baseline. Dude, <laughs> that is his signature, and you can't yes. defend it. Yeah, and he's so good at placing the ball, especially, you know, he puts some velocity on it, and that he knocked in a lot of runs doing that this year. Cam, I think, is the same way. Cam, a little less conventional with the swing, maybe, but um, he manages to put the bat on the ball. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) bent elbows and everything. He puts the bat on the ball. (laughs) He's swinging that thing like he's casting in a pond. It's It's very clear to tell that. He he never played baseball, and Joe played baseball. On <laughs> so good, yeah, that's so Joe's got a nice silky swing, like a golf swing, and Cam's up there like chopping wood. But <laughs> hey, same result. Yeah, like they have yeah. similar numbers, and yeah. they they provide similar sparks to their teams. Um, especially Brownie at Mini Fenway to hits the walk off um, yeah. in the bottom of the third to win Game Three for us. That was just a ball that he got a good piece of he was up in the count 3-1 little mm-hmm. bit down in the zone and he just kind of chopped at it but he he hits it right in the sweet spot every time he does that and it drives in runs so I think he and Joe match up very similarly and then the two little guys Bryce and Ferulo are like <laughs> fucking spark plugs for their teams yeah. I think Ferulo <laughs> is probably statistically the best player out of any of us yeah. of the six of us yeah but 
you know, they're both similar at the plate. Um, they're both similar stature. They both have similar personalities. And I think that they both provide like a similar leadership role in a sense to the team where like just chemistry wise, like I noticed this with Bryce a lot this year with you guys, like Bryce really did a good job of like being your right hand man in situations. Um, especially against the A's in a series that like did not go your way at all. Yeah. Like Bryce hit a big home run to like Mm -hmm. give you guys a jump. And I just saw him like kind of trying to pump you up, trying to pump Joe up a little bit and give you guys some life. And that's a very great quality to have as like a non-captain. No, Um, I agree. I agree with that. And Ferullo does. Yeah. Ferullo does the same thing. I mean, Ferullo's always talking to me, which like, you know, for better or for worse, right? Like Ferullo has a lot to say, but he's always like when I'm at the plate, he's always talking me up. He's like, your pitch, your pitch, like see this, see that. He observes the game very well. And when you need him in a, you know, a pressure situation, Ferullo can absolutely deliver um, mm-hmm. one of the best hitters in the league, one of the most consistent. So that's, I think our two teams are the most evenly matched in like every aspect. So that is like i don't know just going into that mini fenway series that makes it all the more like impressive what you guys did mm-hmm. um i mean you really had our number there and like in hindsight like i was happy for you guys there like obviously i would have wanted to win because you know home field advantage and in, in the playoffs is big and going out to fenway is big but i mean if you think about the last two years that was the first time you guys had beat us i know which is crazy to think about <laughs> right because it feels yeah. and every game has been close like if you look back there's no blowouts yeah. ever like yeah. our teams are uh, i looking back to last year opening day um i had the strikeout to beat carp in game three and the series was knotted one one at that point so yeah. we won by one run then we played you guys again for hit a walk-off home run in game one matt hit a walk-off single in game three yeah. Um, and then the playoffs were decided by three and four runs, which last year, that's like being decided by one run. You yeah, know? for real. And then, yeah, you had our number at Mini Fenway. So, all, you know, sets the stage for the, the playoff series that, uh, that our teams are, uh, are going to be playing in in, uh, in a week and a half when the video comes oh, yeah. out. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So, lastly, we'll talk about my Padres. Matt, I'll have you give a little um, – analysis of the Padres season you were at two of our series this year you saw us play the A's and the Mets but we finished six and nine at the bottom of the division so what'd you see from us this year you see when I watched you guys play the two the two series I saw you play in I saw you play the A's which you handled the A's three straight wins in that one and it looked absolutely electric and it was kind of amazing because at the time you guys were almost similar records and you almost want they they wanted to at least split games with you because they thought they would that would tank their season if they lost you all three games that season. Obviously, it didn't. Mm-hmm. They actually had a great rebound in the second half of the season. Um, but I think in you know then I watched you guys play the Mets, and the Mets was just Seth and Jackson. It wasn't they didn't have anyone else with them um, for that one. And I think watching that series, you guys kind of strayed from whatever you did in the A series, which was you know take your get your pitch, wait for your you know wait wait. I know that Josh is an, or uh, Jackson's an incredible pitcher. But you gotta wait for your you gotta you guys waited for your plays to develop in the A series, which is something you didn't see in the athletics in the um, Mets series, and I think that's something that coming into the playoffs you really have to get back to, considering that you know you need situational hits, you need to make the plays in the outfield that you you weren't making in the Mets game that I saw. So that's, that's yeah. My um, 
Yeah, I, that was a great analysis. I think that, weirdly enough, like, that Mets series, I think it was reminiscent of, like, kind of, Lynch, what you were saying, like, at Mini Fenway, like, the spark that beating us gave your team. Mm-hmm. I didn't think that we played all that well in games one and two, but just beating them in game three, for some reason, gave us, like, this energy. Like, we had not beaten the Mets ever. Like, that lineup. We'd beaten the, the old Mets before. But yeah. we hadn't beaten the new Mets. Um, I mean, we got swept by them in the end of last season. We got swept by them in the World Series last year. Um, and then we, you know, we come into this series and we lose the first two games. So just beating them was kind of like, all right, like maybe we can do this. And, um, and yeah, that was, a, that was a series that we definitely had to fight through a lot of adversity. Questionable game two. I'll just say not that that means anything for the series, but it's always Absolutely it always has to be <laughs> it always has to be questionable when you play the Mets. You know, it just has to it's, be. Which it's sucks. a guarantee. It's an absolute guarantee. Um, and if your series with the Mets hadn't happened in Slate Five and there was absolutely no meaning, I guarantee there would have been more uh, yeah. that was questionable. Oh, like, yeah, that's so <laughs> <fair to> think about. <laughs> yeah, but um, but yeah, I'd say that. I don't know, Lynch. You read our first series. I think that our seri- our season just got off on the wrong foot. We lost yeah. to the Braves two one. That was a shock. I don't know what you yeah. saw in that series. If you want to talk yeah. about it at all, I mean, like looking back, like I just kind of felt like you. And this isn't even like a discredit because this happens to us. I would say it happens to every team in the league. Like I think everyone expected you guys to come in and win. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So when things start kind of you know getting shaky and stuff like that starts to happen, I think that's kind of what happened. Like the the it just started getting a little rocky and. Uh, also, getting used to like a new team. Like, obviously, I know that was Brownie's first series with you guys, and we all know Brownie's a player. It doesn't matter how good of friends you are. Playing with ball together can get a little different because yeah. you expect more out of each other. And that was another thing. It's just like I feel like the expectations, you know, might not have been there completely. I don't want to speak for you, but I feel like as a three-man unit, you guys weren't all on the same page. I think it was kind of off and on, and I think I think everyone just kind of it was just, it was like three guys going out there and playing, but everyone was kind of on a different page in a sense. And I'm not trying to speak for you yeah. or the other guys, but that's kind of what I felt. I was like, there were some times where I was like, it's like you guys are butting heads and for no reason, <laughs> like you know. Like yeah, there like, was definitely a disconnect. Um, yeah, that's kind of. I what think I that what actually did us a disservice was finding out that Chris was not going to be playing in that series. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I sent a text to the group chat that day and I was like, yeah. there's absolutely no reason why we shouldn't sweep these guys. Like yeah. this is, come on. Like they, it, yeah. we could oh, do yeah. this in our sleep. We beat them with Chris. Like we should sweep them without, um, yeah. and especially in a, in a league where you only play 15 games, I was approaching that series. Like, all right, we know that we're going to struggle with the Mets. We know that we're probably gonna have a really good series with the diamondbacks. We know yeah. now that the expos are fucking legit. Like, yeah. this is a perfect opportunity. And even the A's, I didn't know what the A's were going to be like. Um, yeah. This is the perfect opportunity to collect wins early on in the season. Um, but I think we just underestimated the Braves' ability to play well against us. Yeah, really. Um, which, like, is even more embarrassing now because they only won one game after this series. Yeah. Which, looking back and losing that series, I'm like, how the fuck did we lose to these guys? Yeah, I know, yeah. 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 But they played their best wiffle ball against us. And that, no, like, that, all credit, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. They showed <laughs> they up. They played too. so what, well. Yeah, they showed up, and they, it was just it was a very clean game from them, clean clean series from them. Yeah, and I also think that um, I think that we underprepared for that series. I don't well, think yeah, there was like, a lot of talk about what needed to happen, who should be going where. That's kind of that. what, think, yeah. Like you were saying, I think we just played. 
Yeah, that's kind of what I meant by like kind of not everyone on the same page. And I think you touched on it when you said Chris being out definitely played a factor into yeah. the way you guys were going to take on that series. Uh, and like that's no discredit to I believe Kyle played that series too, right? He Kyle? did, and he played really yeah. well. Yeah, exactly. And that's no discredit to him or the other guys on the team. But like after last season, Chris was the top player on the Braves, arguably, and coming into it, it was the same one or same situation. So. Honestly, like I'm not even gonna give you, I'm not gonna give you any shit for taking, thinking that's gonna be a light series because I thought it was too. I thought I was gonna show yeah. up and and commentate three games that were gonna get mercy. Like honestly, like and yeah. there's and I and I, I think it makes sense. You look at their, their record at the end of the year and notice credit to them. Like they like you said, they only won one other game, so it wasn't crazy to think that. But uh, I think they were, they honestly might have had a little bit of a chip on their shoulder knowing that you guys might have been. Kind of walking in lightly, but there's nothing. No, they probably about. did. But, they definitely did. Yeah, um, I give them credit. They took advantage when they had the chance. That's really what I think it was too. Is they 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 were, they were yeah. clutch. They were clutch. Yeah, they they put us in a tough position as well. Yeah. Um, I think that our like you said, definitely we were underprepared. Um, I think our raw talent alone, like as individuals, got us that win in game one and kept us as close as we were in games. Like we were win- we were leading in every game. Yeah, and we blew leads in the third inning, which yeah. sucks. Um, but, oh, yeah. yeah, they played well. I got to give credit to all three of those guys. Colin pitched the best he's pitched in his career. Mm-hmm. Um, Trey had some phenomenal hits, including multiple home runs that yeah. proved to be the difference. And Kyle, who isn't a rookie because he played last year for, like, one yeah. game, but, you know, basically a rookie, um, yeah. the youngest player in the league currently, or at least this past season, um, yeah. he handled the pressure incredibly well and Very i mentioned well, that yeah. to him when he played against you guys too he had an even yeah. better series even against better. you guys yeah. so yeah i think that was that definitely our season got off on the wrong foot but we got back on track with that sweep against the a's and that was i think the most dialed we'd been was against the athletics where we were all on the same page and we were all working um mm. but we ran into some buzz saws late i mean playing the mets isn't easy playing you guys isn't easy and then the series against the Expos didn't matter, but playing yeah. against the Expos isn't easy. So yeah, definitely sure. not where we wanted to end up, six and yeah. nine. Um, but again, kind of like the same tune that you're singing, like a couple things go differently. Mm-hmm. And um, and we're talking about a different season. And yeah, at the end of the day, we weren't too concerned about the regular season record. Like we wanted to be a competitive team and we wanted to kind of prove to ourselves that we could win and we could be mm-hmm. in these situations. But after, like, Slate 3, Slate 4, once it became apparent that our matchup, the NLDS matchup, was locked in, it was like, all right, like, you know, we're playing for pride at this point. Let's look ahead to the playoffs. So I think pretty early on when it became clear that the Expos were far and away the best team in the league and that neither of our teams were going to catch them, it was like, all right, let's prepare for the Diamondbacks because we know we're going to have to face them. So, you know, regular season's the regular season. Um, There are some people in the league – I'm not throwing shade when I say this. I'm saying there are some people that put a lot of stock into the regular season because they think mm-hmm. it translates, which maybe it does. Like, it depends on your approach as a manager. Um, yeah. I wasn't at this point. After Slate 3, I thought that we'd gotten the win against the Mets. Our momentum was high. We were treating Mini Fenway like a let's go have fun, but let's be competitive series. But mm-hmm. also because of the spectacle, we just wanted to have a good time. Um, and, you know, make good content, you know, make good memories, you know, yada, yada, all that. But, oh, the, the um, whole show. <laughs> yeah, like halfway through the season, we kind of flipped the switch and we were in playoff mode. And um, I got to give credit to my guys. We'll talk about it once our um, 
once Matt's bracket comes around and like what you know the team's mentalities are going into the postseason. But Brown and Ferullo really dialed in, um, just you know pre postseason. Like they watched a lot of film. We got together and we practiced like from guys that hadn't. I don't want to say they hadn't done that previously, but they were both talented enough to just show up and play. Mm-hmm. They were, it was kind of like for the first time, it wasn't just me like sending a group chat, sending a text to the group chat and saying like, all right, guys, this is what we need to do. Like, go do it. We were talking back and forth and Brownie was like, maybe we should try this. Like, we got to look out for this. Ferulo was like, don't do this. Don't do this. Like, this is our game plan. Like, mm-hmm. we really had all three guys firing on all cylinders. So, yeah, I was just proud of the group. Like, even though, you know, people who just watched the videos might see like six and nine record, not great. I thought that this was a much better season than last year from us, just from, you know, our team approach. But let's talk about the Braves now. We were just talking about them. Um, Bottom of the league. Yeah. This shock you? Uh, By the amount that they were, yeah. Like, I wasn't expecting them to only win three games, I guess. Um, I thought they were going to be a little bit more competitive. Um, More just so, what I mean by that is just like, snagging some games here and there but if you look at the six teams in the league like i don't know i just feel like this year they were kind of just missing something i don't know really what it was but i felt like it's not i don't feel bad saying that i wasn't crazily like shocked but at the same time i do but uh no i mean i think it yeah i don't don't really know where else to build or go with that but yeah i mean kind of makes sense but at the same time i I wasn't expecting a three and twelve season from them so that's pretty much all I really like. Yeah. Yeah. Matt, what do you think about the Braves? I know you didn't get to see them in person, but. Yeah, I didn't get to watch them too much, but definitely just a bit of a, just a bit of a disappointing season for them. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, every team has a chance in the playoffs, but I think if anything really comes down, you look at the numbers, you look by the book, mm-hmm. just a tough spot for them to be in going into this, you know, highly intense, you know, playoffs this year, which, you know, drops only in about a week from now. So it's, I think you have to take all that into consideration. I don't know if a team that only has three wins can really, like, compete with anyone. Even if they get out of the first round, they're, they'll probably get smoked by the Mets. And if, if by some miracle they make it to the World Series, they will lose to any team on the other side of the bracket. So it's I, – I just don't see this team going in too far, and I think that they, they definitely need to hit the uh, transfer portal or have a good draft next year to make up for it. So uh, yeah. definitely just, a, just a, a disappointing year from them. So. Yeah, I'd agree. I'd say disappointing was um, the right way to put it. I think that, Lynch, you and I knew what they needed to do to have a better year this year, um, yeah. and they just didn't do it. And I, I yeah. said the Braves uh, – on the preseason podcast, I said the Braves are either going to be the team that we've, always, we've been waiting for them to be or they're going to be dead last, and they just didn't show up this year. I mean, yeah. outside of yeah. the series that they played against us – they just did not show up. And what shocked me even more was Chris Barone returns early from injury. We were expecting yeah. him to be out all season. He comes back early from injury. That's last year's Silver Slavger, rookie of the year, like runner-up MVP. And yeah. they didn't win a game with him, which shocked me. I think, what was it, yeah. 10 losses in a row? Yeah. Dating back to your series, they lose 10 straight. They get swept yeah. in three series. Yeah. yeah. They get swept in three straight series, so nine mm-hmm. losses, and then they, you beat them in game three of your series. Yep. So ten losses in a row, nine of those with your best player back yeah. from injury. 
it it shocked me that they really didn't have better stuff than they did. Uh, yeah. it, I still can't explain it fully. They should yeah, have I been mean, better. I think the I agree with that. And one thing I feel like, uh, yeah, I didn't get to see them play with Chris in the lineup, obviously in person. Over video is different because you don't really get to see everything. But yeah. um, I just feel like the biggest thing with them, and it was like when Colin pitches well and he pitched great against you guys, I think they make it makes them more competitive. And I feel like when he doesn't, then it kind of it's hard for them because then they have to score. You know what I'm saying? Like then that's where the offense becomes the problem. And the hardest thing this year was for teams to consistently put up offense and yeah. high numbers. And it was a different year. Last year they probably would have been able to get more games just the way the the seasons went. But this year, like I don't think he was dominant enough on the mound. I feel like if you look at all the teams that honestly all the teams in the league at least had a, had one guy that could kind of shut down a game if he had to, one or maybe two. And I feel like they were just they were just on the outside of that. And that's no describe to Colin. I just think there were a couple he just wasn't fully, fully there to shut down a game or to take steel games on the mound. That's personally what I think it is. Yeah, I'd say pitching is just a, definitely just their biggest issue. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it's just flat out. I mean, I think it really the gut punch for their season was the Expo series game two. Yeah. Dom's not pitching. Dom decided to not pitch in this game. I think, yeah. and like his other, like we said, they have the best pitching depth in the league. All four guys yeah. can throw. Um, yeah. The Braves were up eight nothing in the mm. third inning. Expo yeah. scored nine in the bottom of the yeah. third to win. Crazy. Like that. To, how do you come back from that? Like I think it's one thing. Like talking about the Padres, we get we gave up like one or two run leads in the third yeah. inning against those guys against the Braves. Right? How do you? You're up eight nothing against the best team in the league, like that. I think that would have been a spark for their season. You know, to would've. beat the Expos, yeah. you you were up by eight runs. All you had to do was get two outs. Like that to me was really when it was like, all right, their pitching needs to be addressed. Their competitiveness needs to be addressed. Like a lo- that was when it was like, oh my god, how the hell did they not win? Mm. I, I still can't that. pinpoint it. Nine fucking yeah. runs in one inning. That's what you guys did to them at the end of the season last year. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't it? Was it nine runs? Were you down eight nothing or something? I gotta look now. Uh, I want to. Yeah, I mean, I think it was like, was it seven that we score eight, or did we score nine? Oh, now I gotta look. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember. But it, it, same thing where it was like they oh, should yeah. have been. Yeah. They were up. Nine to one, by oh, yeah. eight. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so and we scored you guys nine. Scored run. nine. Yeah. Same thing. That's crazy. Oh, I gotta post that graph. It's too late now. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Damn, that's crazy. The same thing happened to them twice in two seasons. Um, but anyway, yeah. So they finished three and twelve. Not much to write home about. I could tell that there was frustration from Colin. I could tell that there was frustration from Chris. For um, sure. They just didn't go out and execute though. Like at the end of the day. They didn't get screwed out of any wins like they did it to yeah. themselves, which yeah. it sucks because that's like one of the more fan favorite teams in the league too. But you gotta love them. Like uh, not, they, they aren't giving their fans much. I, I love playing against them because they're always like there's always such a good vibe. Sometimes it's annoying because it's like they don't break their even keel. Like it's they're always just like in a good mood, man. It's so annoying. Yeah, but, and uh, we'll talk about that when we get to. Um, our playoff series after it comes out because there's yeah, a little yeah. bit of a callback to um, the series that you guys played against them that yeah. I picked up on that I'll mention. But uh, but anyway, 
Um, Mets finish at the top nine and six. They were the Mets. I mean, I don't really have to talk about them too much. They had a they had a par for the course kind of year. They started slow. They rebounded nicely. Um, they got nine wins. I'm sure that um, they probably wanted more. Uh, I think they're a team that focuses on regular season wins more so yep. than others. Yep. But Jackson had a great year. Jackson was – he's the team. Um, yep. I mean, the numbers don't lie. This is the most shallow team in TBR Wiffle. They don't have much help. They <laughs> – it yeah. it's just Jackson. I mean, he plays every position. Yeah, they don't have they don't have depth, uh, no depth at all. Um, and somehow they win nine games in a season, which it's it's impressive. Um, but yeah, we don't have to get too much into their season. I mean, they they kind of had a very similar season to twenty twenty two. They started off really rough. Um, I think they started twenty twenty two zero and four, and they started this season I think two and four. Uh, or I forget what their their I think their worst record was two and four. No, it was. So, it's uh, they yeah. they went seven and two in their last nine games, which I was like, they my biggest, they wow. just got hot at the right time again this year. Like it's yeah. what happened. They just get hot at the right time. They ride momentum. It's it's just something they do. I think schedule also has a lot to do oh, with that. Def- definitely. I I think them and the Expos had a similar schedule, where their toughest opponents came first. Yeah. Like the Expos, they their only losses came to you guys. That was on opening day. Yeah. The Mets get swept in slate two, and they lost for the first time in 20 games to the A's in slate one. Yeah. Like, and then, you know, you get the middle of the pack for the, um, for the Mets was us and the Braves, and then you and guys us, with the throwaway the series. Throw it didn't matter. Yeah. yeah. Which was competitive. It was one-run games, and you no, won still. Yeah, I agree with you. Expo, same thing. They get the A's, they get the Braves, they got us in a throwaway at the end of the season. Like, yeah, it it would be interesting if you changed the the strength of schedule. Like, gave yeah. those guys. I mean, I know strength of schedule is weird because we all play the same schedule, but we play it at different times. Different times, um, yeah. No. So yeah. if you kind of change the order of you know the matchups around this past season, like how things would have shaped up differently. Yeah. But yeah, like you said, they got hot at the right time. Um, yeah. Definitely, you know, it, it's tough to discredit what the Mets can do, right? Um, one of the tougher teams to beat in the league. Uh, so, yeah, they had a good season. Um, a lot of bright moments, uh, and they bounced back really nicely after starting 2-4. Uh, and four. And then the A's, 7-8. and eight. Um, We kind of predicted their season perfectly. I don't think yeah. we have to talk about it too much. Oh, yeah. um, they were a fun team, but they were also had a lot of raw talent. Yeah, um, they did. So, yeah, and definitely, like, bright spots, you know? Like oh, looking for sure. ahead for this team, yeah. like you can see, um, especially uh, against the Mets in the first slate. I mean, that was a competitive fucking win that they got. Yeah. They yeah. grounded out. Um, the Mets did not lose that game. I mean, you can argue taking Jackson off the mound in in that third game plays a part, but I mean, he wasn't pitching all that well against them in games one and two or in yeah. innings one and two. Right, like, yeah, maybe you should have kept your ace on the mound instead of throwing carp out there, but I don't think that should discredit the A's win. They played really well, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So they finished seven and eight, um, uh, second in the uh, the American League. All right, I think it's time now. We've we've uh, we've gotten into the the regular season uh, recap. Let's recap individual 
uh, seasons, we're going to be doing some way too early award predictions. So <laughs> the TBR Wiffleball Award Show will be airing live later uh, this year. Uh, holiday season, we're all going to get together. It's going to be a great time. We're going to give out awards. We're going to recap the season. Um, so we'll probably do a more formal podcast once like the nominees are out for each award um but we're gonna look back now uh at the season and just kind of give our way too early predictions for like who's gonna win um Mm -hmm. let's start first with uh non-individual player awards series of the year or game of the year uh we'll just kind of pinpoint like one series that we thought was like fucking electric this will probably change when the playoffs come out like i think the playoff videos for the actual award show will probably be included i don't know why they wouldn't be but regular season wise lynch what do you think was the best series of the season i don't know maybe i mean i feel weird being biased but i just feel like i feel like the fenway series i mean maybe maybe not game i thought it was a competitive serious gameplay and i think it's easier for me to say because we won but just the atmosphere and then the product we put out on the field i think that was if if the series went your way i probably still would have said the same thing you know what i mean um but i'm curious to see what you say because there there's a bunch of series that you know you saw you see them all in person too so my 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 opinion from watching a video is a little different but i'm kind of curious to what you you got yeah i mean it's tough to beat the fenway series yeah i I think that was like well like perfectly executed perfectly executed and it was all three games were really competitive as well yeah which was good a lot of great moments um you know bryce going over the green monster was awesome (laughs) Um, i don't i don't think any of us would have bet on a lefty doing it either dude (laughs) so send me that video all the time really they'll just send it to me like but did you do this i'm like no (laughs) i didn't do that (laughs) um it's it's really tough to beat that series yeah um, the one thing that, and I've said this on, I, I think we talked about this on the last podcast that sucks about that series was the weather. Oh, it, was um, brutal. it was brutal to play. It was kind of fun to play in, but from a content standpoint, didn't yeah. make things easy for me. Oh, yeah. Um, the main camera lost focus a lot. So that was yeah. tough for editing. Um, yeah. I, I mean, it's cool to have those rain series like last year's world series because, you have those moments where like as a viewer you're like oh this is cool like mud ball yeah. like fucking whatever yeah. but it's like you know there were some moments during that third game that i think would have been really cool had like all the cameras been like up and running for um, sure but i thought we made do with kind of what we had and you know it, it's out of my control it's out of everybody's control right like you know we picked that date a while before we didn't know Way the before. weather was going to be as shitty um yeah even that day, right? Like we were all driving out there and we were, you know, we, the forecast said that it might not rain. It might rain. Um, it, rained it didn't say it was hard. Good. It didn't say it was <laughs> we're going to be in a monsoon. It rained hard. And I love that little behind the scenes for everybody. We show up at the field. I forget what time we showed up, but we were there for like an hour and a half doing content oh, before we actually God. played. Yeah. It was so dry for so, an hour and a half. Not, Just nothing. beautiful weather literally as soon and it's in the video as soon as ferulo throws the first pitch boom huge clap of thunder and the rain comes and jackson says it too and he did a perfect job of like saying that like as soon as like it was kind of like a ah shit here we go kind of moment as soon as ferulo threw the first pitch jackson goes and here comes the rain (laughs) (laughs) like as if this wasn't perfect like uh, every series in 2023 had to rain um We should go back and count how many there were, but like off the top of my head, 
um, the Expos and the Mets in slate yep. two, you guys and the Braves in slate two, um, us and the Mets yeah. in slate three, um, Mini Fenway. Mm-hmm. I think there was another two that rained like really hard. Um, but yeah, it was like, it was like, yeah, why don't we just, why don't we just throw this on top of all the other shit that has <laughs> happened this year in terms of weather and like the yeah. one series that we've been looking forward to. Um, like in my mind, when I kept thinking about the mini Fenway series, I thought about like a nice, beautiful morning where we all drive out there together and yippee fucking whatever. And it's That's 80 cloudy. and sunny and we get out there, dude. And it's pouring rain. It's just, it was um, just, it just was one of those days that you're just like, really? Out of every day, we pick, <laughs> we pick the one that's just a crappy rainy day. Exactly. Yeah. So for that reason, I'm going to give that an HM. I'm going to give that an honorable mention. That's yeah, just because that. of the content and like what the weather did yeah. to the content. Yeah. My pick for series of this regular season is actually opening day. I think that, I, I was, that, that, was my <laughs> that to this day, yeah. probably the most competitive, like with the walk off and everything, the hype that was built around it, the content was sick it came out yeah, perfectly um and like being there that day at the field too it was yeah. electric like it was just it was a the, duel yeah the i was gonna say the best pitchers duel we've ever seen in yeah. this league you guys were just trading blows and then of course like to have the walk-off home run to win the game of course yeah. the expos are still disputing that you hit the home run but that's what I mean. they're gonna do that till the day we die man <laughs> <laughs> like last year that's a for sure home run you know oh for sure for sure <laughs> Yeah, so I, I gotta go with uh, I gotta go with opening day. I think that you know um, selflessly, uh, I'm not gonna put my uh, my own team in my nomination. I think that um, when What's we that do this, to mean? What's that supposed to mean? <laughs> well, I'm just saying if we're gonna put our if we're gonna uh, put our own I'm teams kidding. in there, I think that our series with the Braves was also equally as electric. We didn't end no, up no, winning. Was, yeah, I know, but I know. Um, we had like a a walk-off out in game one. It was a great they start had like, Yeah, slate like one first, all around was a yeah. great start to the year. And I think that it set the stage well, too, because you guys got two wins, which was like, all right, you're halfway to last year's season total, which was yeah. nice. The Expos played well, so it was like, all right, these guys are going to be good. The Mets lost, which everybody loved. The Braves beat us, which everybody loved. Like It, it set the tone for the season. Slate one yeah. did really nicely. Um but yeah, we'll do this again when we get to the playoffs because there are some electric playoff videos for sure. Um, yeah. But yeah, as of right now, opening day is my se- uh, se- series of the season. Matt, how about you? Uh, I have to go mini February series. I just think yeah. that, you know, being from Boston, you know, living here my whole life, seeing it play in a smaller scale, you know, with, with your friends is just an absolutely electric feeling. And uh, what a cool place to play, you know? Like, I mean, I, we play like most of the matches in Marblehead at Ornay Park, but it's, you know, seeing it at, at a different location just kind of spice it up a little bit for me, and maybe it's just, maybe it's just like, you know, the glamour of Fenway, but, uh, and the green monster and all that, but I, I just think that the, the series was really good there. I know you had the walk-off win there, too, in the third game, which was cool. Um, some Hell weird, yeah, it was. Yeah, <laughs> some weird plays in that one, too. There's one where, I forget who hits it, but Michael hits you, like, right in the side of the head and goes in no. the outfield. Oh, so Lynch, that's the funniest thing that's ever legit, happened. <laughs> legit, the greatest, the greatest clip we'll ever get we'll ever get in football history. That, that whole clip is just hilarious. My reaction was, like, so delayed. Like, oh, I, I love shot that. Like a Western movie. I'm like... <laughs> Dude, no, the best... Like, for the... Is Bryce the best part is... Yeah, it's everything about that was... Like, Jackson... 
couldn't fucking keep it together behind the camera <laughs> yeah, either. Right. He couldn't commentate it. I know. Like, I didn't notice that when we were there, but he's behind the camera and he's just cracking up hysterically yeah, and he's dying. trying to get the words out. He just can't. Oh, that was so good. That, yeah, a lot of good moments at Fenway. Like, honestly, I think that is the best video that we yeah. have out of the regular season, but I was just being different. Um, but, I, I yeah, just we should talk. <laughs> It's a great. It was a great series. The content was great. Um, the jerseys, especially too, are, were were phenomenal. Lynch, what do you think of your team's jerseys? We never I really was, talked about this on a podcast. I was so happy that like, that's what you pulled out. Like, I really like that. Uh, I wasn't sure what to expect. We've, I mean, I knew it would be throwback. You had mentioned that to me. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't think I saw them until I got to the field, and uh, it was a really nice surprise to like see them firsthand, like not through a picture or anything. Like actually yeah. get to see them. Um, I felt like what I, I wasn't really sure. I thought you might've went with like the, uh, cause you know, in 2022, we had the, the red jerseys as we always had, which was the throwback kind of the, I guess the inspiration from the jersey, the OG, had, yeah. the OG. but we also wore the black ones at times, which yeah. was like the old, old diamondbacks. And I was like, maybe Brandon will pull something out with that. So I really had absolutely no clue what to expect. And he pulled them out and I was like, these are sick. Like, I loved them. Yeah. I actually, so I loved them. And I love our jerseys. Like the, the gradient fade our normal ones are sick but i saw these and these are so crisp so clean yeah and you guys have the best jersey was, package in the league yeah, definitely yeah, thank you. appreciate for that for sure i was for i like sure. yours I, I, I was a big fan of your mini fanway one though i like those too that, i mean what one, i was <laughs> what i was trying to go for was because this is like the oldest matchup was like yeah let's get some like i mentioned in the video like let's call back to like what we used to wear but there was a lot of discussion um, about what the jerseys should look like between me and, like, a lot of different people. Um, no one in the league. Um, shout out to Emma, my girlfriend, who's also the league photographer. She yes. helps out with it. She plays a big role in, like, the aesthetic of things. So, like, a lot, of, a lot of the graphics, she'll tell me, like, ah, oh, this would look better, like, change this color or the World Series logo she just helped me with. Like, I had one mm -hmm. World Series logo, like, figured out. She's like, that doesn't look good. So <laughs> I had to change it. Um, and it, now I agree, it looks better now. So she has kind of like that, that vision that like I don't have. Um, so she helped with the jerseys. She helped with the main jerseys. And it was this yeah, time last year when yeah. we were first getting the new jerseys. And she came up with the idea to have jerseys. So shout out to her. She's in the other room. Um, shout out. <laughs> and um, yeah, so we had talked about like doing the same style of our mini Fenway for you guys like before we'd landed on ours ours were gonna like potentially be like white with pinstripe and yep. yours were gonna be like that I forget what they call it raglan sleeve I think which is like the sleeves are a different color than the body of the jersey yeah so, like, yeah yeah have you guys in like white or black with like red sleeves or something yeah so, there was a lot of different options there was like an all black for you guys with like the cream lettering which Ooh. would have been there was a lot of different options but um, yeah I think what we landed on, like, I thought that yours looked very, like, traditional. Yeah. Um, they had, like, that collar, like, the 90s collar almost, like yeah. a three-stripe um, kind of situation. Then ours was, like, a complete, like, throwback, like, the early days of, of Major League Baseball with, like, that yep. script font and the pinstripe. So I thought we did a good job of, like, creating that retro feel. Um, and, yeah, we'll talk more about the Mini Fenway Series when we preview our playoff series and mm -hmm. um, recap yep. it. But uh, but yeah, that's my series of the season. All right, let's do some uh, let's do some awards. 
finally i'm gonna start it off with manager of the year we'll go like least important to most important not that any of these aren't important but i think some hold more weight than others um, manager of the year i'm going dom metro i think it's hard not to give it to dom he assembled a yeah. great team um the signing of ryan davies like we talked about a uh, huge move for his team he did a lot of scouting he was at a lot of games that he didn't play in which i thought was impressive um, right. to to make the journey and to kind of scout guys out he watched every video um he was referencing a lot of stuff like just to me like behind the camera um just talking to me about like different guys in the league and like their tendencies and um i mean even off the bat like when i first met him and he had expressed interest in joining the league lynch you set up a meeting between us yep. and he was asking questions in that meeting that like yeah. you know i was just giving him kind of the lay down of like what the league's like and he was asking a lot of questions about like the ins and outs of the league and i was like oh this kid's like legit like he's definitely yeah. gonna be into it i can tell and he was and you know he managed uh, his team to a 13 win season, something that hadn't been done since you, Michael did that in 2020. Mm -hmm. So, uh, pretty incredible feat. And, uh, yeah, I think that my runner ups would be Michael, you and chase. I think the three of you guys were probably led your teams the best, uh, this season. You put together a great performance on the field, but I also just seeing the way that you interacted with your guys. Um, you always had full lineups. You always, you know, were, adjusting things you know mm -hmm. picking up on things that other guys in the league necessarily weren't picking up on um so yeah i think that you know again it's a fan vote and a player vote so i don't have much say in it but i think that you three will probably be finalists yeah um but i think i have to give it to dom just because of the regular season yeah i i agree with that and i also uh i think chase had a kind of like a underrated manager of the year and i agree like he should be up there for that uh uh, I thought that there wasn't a lot of expectations coming from them. I mean, we've touched on it already when we talked to them. They're either going to be, they have potential to be great or they have potential if they just showed up and played, anything could happen. And uh, I mean, I thought he did a really good job, obviously, of like kind of keeping things organized between all of them and making sure they're all on the same page. And I thought it helped them uh, having him lead because I feel like if it was someone else, it might not have been as, uh, it might have been a little more chaotic for them. Uh, and I yeah. give him credit for that. He definitely, he stepped up. I mean, he's been in the league before, uh, and he's had a role. Back when he was on the Diamondbacks, he had a pretty important role with us, kind of organizing things as well. So I knew I knew he'd be good in that, in that role, and he did a great job of it. So I give him credit, and I I can definitely see him snagging this in another year. So I think he's just kind of, just kind of showing where he's at, and I'm expecting a lot from him from the managerial side of things. Looking forward. Definitely. Yeah, so I, what's I, your I, pick, uh, Dom? Oh, yeah, sorry. I didn't even – yeah, oh. Dom's my pick. I think he's the easy pick. Uh, yeah. I think going into this, I knew – obviously, I helped kind of, you know, show them to the league, but Dom's interest right away was the biggest thing for me, a massive takeaway. Something you touched on is he he did all the extra things. He came to games that, like you said, he wasn't playing in. We would text about him practicing pitches. Like, he took it seriously. He loved it. And uh, I think that kind of fell, uh, fell into line with his teammates. They all saw that, and it really helped them – as a group kind of take over so and he's a he's a good leader so it was no shock to me that he would he'd step in and be a great manager but he did a lot better than i think people were expecting so props to him for that so he's definitely my pick yeah but i just wanted to shout out chase i think he deserves that shout chase did a great job he was one of only i think two teams that came with a full lineup every time and like that's tough yeah. when like you know, we're at the age that we're at and like sometimes yeah. you have a lot of scheduling issues like it's it's impressive and i think they came with four guys most of the time 
Exactly. Only That's team to do that. Yeah. yeah, they they showed up with four often. Once after slate three, I think the last four series, I assume playoffs, they probably carried the same. But I know at least the last three, I assume they came with four. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Uh, Matt, how about you? Manager of the year. Yeah, I had uh, I had Dom as well. I mean, coming in as a rookie and just being building arguably one of the greatest teams I've ever seen in the TBR football like history is impressive on its own. And then to you know be a two way player, be able to pitch and be able to be pre- a pretty good hitter for his team. I think that it, you know when it all comes down to it, he assembled like, one of the best teams we've seen with with the, with the Davies signing, and. Um, I think it'd be hard pressed to find him to not be manager of the year this year. So, yeah, definitely. That's an interesting point. Do you think that the 2023 Expos are the best team in league history? I would say on paper, yes. By if you want to go by stats, but if you want to go by, well, you know, we're gonna save that. Let me get to the we get to the bracket. We can talk. I was gonna say I think their legacy. I mean, is yet to be determined because Michael, when you guys went 13 and two, it was the COVID year. So. Mm there were no playoffs. You just kind of won the league that year. Yeah. Um, you finished in, at, at the top of the standings far and away is the best team. Yeah. Um, uh, I think so your legacy, you know, it's like, it's, it, you know, regular season doesn't, doesn't matter when you get to the playoffs. You know, anything can happen. Any given, any given division, any, to give, uh, any right. given series, you know, it can always change. So I think that, you know, while yes, on paper, they had arguably one of the greatest regular season runs with one of the best ERAs we've ever seen from Dom. It's, you never know in the playoffs. You never, you can't predict it. It's, it's unpredictable. Yeah. Here's an interesting one. Who would win the 2023 Expos or the 2020 Diamondbacks? Oh, that's tough. Okay. So it's <laughs> a tough that's question. Tough. That's, that's tough. tough. <laughs> that's tough because I think too, 2020 Nate was crazy on the mound. <laughs> yeah. So like that is a pitching goal by itself. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. I felt like, I don't know. That's a really great question. It is. It's a hypothetical that, like, I mean, I guess technically it could still happen. We could set it up just to Yeah, we legit point. could do that. <laughs> we legit we could just have that. everyone get together and play a game. But, yeah. I mean, yeah, like, you won't get those guys in their prime because now, I mean, the majority yeah. of your 2020 Diamondbacks team is now the Athletics. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it is. It quite literally is the Athletics. <laughs> Three of the four members of the Athletics were on the 2020 Diamondbacks. And, and Bada was arguably a player that would have played for us if we needed it in 2020. So, <laughs> quite, it's pretty much like I just I don't even know. I don't even want to talk about that. It ruffles my feathers. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, good question though. Something to think about. That is, I like that one. We'll do a lot yeah, of hypotheticals cool. in the off season. I like ponder that. on that for next episode. Um, all right, rookie of the year. This one is a no-brainer for me. It's Dom again. I mean, on yep. both sides of the ball, he was impressive. I give an honorable mention to Ryan Davies and Drew Bada, who also yeah. had very impressive years. Um, Davies was had a better offensive year than Dom, but I think when you're talking about overall play, you can't not give Dom the rookie of the year award. So I'm gonna give it to him. I think it's a no-brainer. Yeah, I mean the same for me. Like. Dom just had a phenomenal, phenomenal series or season. Sorry, so I think it's hard to not give it to him. I like what you said about Davis too, and Bada especially. Bada was very consistent. He yeah. showed up and he played. He, I think he did what was expected of him, and a little bit more. So I give him props for that. So I definitely agree with you. I think Dom gets that one for sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm right there with both of you. I think Dom is arguably one of the you know, considering he's you know first year in the league, absolutely dominant on the mound. It's it's um, and then again as I said before. 
not too bad swinging the bat either and not too bad in the field. So I think, like, you top to bottom, he's he's pretty good. And, yeah, he, he's working the year for me. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right, next one. Comeback player of the year. This one is an exciting one. Yeah. Um, and there's no real criteria for this, honestly. It's it's different from most improved. Um, but I guess the criteria is, like, someone who, like, came back um, <laughs> from something. So yeah. I'm giving it to Chase because yeah. Chase was in the league in 2020, drops out of the league for two seasons, comes back as a manager, and was top five in almost every statistical category. He had an incredible year at the plate. Um, really smart decision also as a manager to sign Nate as a yep. pitcher, but Chase is good on the mound as well. He has some mm -hmm. control issues, but when he hones it in, he's got some good pitches. Yep. Um, but it was really his performance at the plate that like blew me away. He was, I'd say better than he was in 2020 and he was great in 2020. Yeah. Um, honorable mention to Chris Barone for coming back from that broken foot. Um, that I think is like the true comeback uh, because, you know, a day before the regular season starts, he has an MRI and reveals that he literally broke his foot. And then yeah. only, to everyone's surprise, only misses two slates, comes back in the third slate. And individually, he had a really great year. The Braves didn't perform as well. But Chris still, like, his numbers, I think he was batting – um like four or five hundred which is really good in this year's um or at least this stage of tbr wiffle ball uh pretty solid in the field as well and like you know he had to use a pinch runner for some of the year because he still couldn't mm -hmm. run on his foot so that was yeah. incredible and then cam brown i gotta give comeback player of the year honorable mention to cam brown because the guy played in one fucking game his entire <laughs> career leading up to 2023 and he played in every series for the Padres uh, this past year, and he was great. He was good in the field, really disciplined at the plate. Um, he had a lot of big home runs. He had a lot of big hits. He brought some good energy. Um, he was a big role player for us, so I'll give him honorable mention as well. Uh, but, yeah, it's going to Chase for me. Yeah. I think you made a great chase or <laughs> great case for Chase. Uh, nice. And Chris, uh, I had both of them on my, my top three, and I, I think an underrated one kind of goes to Coos. I think Coos was – He's a player to be – you got to be careful when you're playing against him. Not, uh, he's a good player. He's, t he's tough at the plate. I don't, I, don't think they, I don't think he gives himself enough credit for what he can do in the field and maybe even on the mound. I'd like to see him more in that role next year. But uh, you already made two great cases for both the other guys, Chris and Chase. I like your point for Brownie. But I'll, I'll throw Kusa Bone. I think he deserves it, and I think he should be in that conversation too. So if I'm giving you a pick, I had Chase too. Um, I think kind of him and Chris can go kind of go – one and one a one b you know they can go hand in hand because uh, if it was me i was i wouldn't have played if i was chris i would never i'm sorry if i broke yeah. a bone i probably wouldn't have played this summer it's as simple as that uh, especially yeah. my foot so i give him a lot of props for that that's a lot of dedication to the league and i like to think i'm pretty dedicated but uh still don't know if i've done it so yeah but like i said probably chase uh i'd give it to him but i just want to give coos give coos some snaps right there he deserves it so. definitely matt yeah. how about you yeah, I actually gave it to Chris on this one because, I mean, you talk about comeback player of the year, that, that that's like a true injury right there. I mean, you're, you're talking about, you know, stuff that guys in, you know, like major leagues of sports missed whole seasons for their foot injury, and this dude came back a month later and played. Like, talk about talk about just the sheer determination to play a pickup football league. Like, I, I got to give it to him. The, the heart on that kid is amazing. Yeah. So, um, 
I, I got to give it to him. That, that's no slide of chase. I think that, you know, I just think when you think of true comeback player, he played the season before and then broke his foot and then still played this year is amazing. Like, I, yeah. I got to give it to him. So. Yeah, and Chris loves the league. I mean, in his postgame interviews, especially in the video that is coming out right as we speak, um, I asked him, just, like, talk about the season. And uh, he said – I just love the league. He's like, it was a huge part of my summer last year and not getting to do it like sucked. And that's what kind of motivated him to like come back as quickly as he did was like, he just loves the league and he loves playing yeah. wiffle ball. Um, like that's fucking dedication. Like, like Lynch, yeah. like you, if I broke a bone, I don't think I would play wiffle ball like two weeks nah. later. I'd be done. Like I'd be there. I'd be around the guys, but um, no, I mean, it's insane. And he's a college athlete too. Like, to sacrifice like his recovery time just yep. to play wiffle ball like that was dedication so yeah he's definitely worthy of the award he might end up getting it i think a lot of people are going to recognize how dedicated yeah. that move was to come back um but yeah all those guys that we just mentioned definitely deserving all right most improved this one could really go to anybody um my two honorable mentions are cam and bryce uh i thought that cam again i mean not he, he didn't really have a bad career leading up to this but you just didn't see a sample size out of him mm -hmm. and I think that there was a bit of a conversation or narrative around Brownie that he was I don't want to say like I don't know a little lackadaisical um, yeah. and it definitely comes out at times but I think he did a good job of like honing in um, his mentality and, and his focus and he had a good year and statistically he had a great year um, Bryce same thing Bryce was like such a key factor for your team um, yeah. He, his his numbers weren't like astronomically different and that's why i think i didn't give him the eventual award just because yeah. he actually had a really good year the previous year as well but i think that yeah. just like basic eye test i it felt like he played more of a role on your team um even though like i looked at the numbers today i was like oh really like i thought he would have like doubled his average and yeah. I mean he had a good year last year too just kind of flew under the radar last year whereas this year he had a lot of key moments that stood out to me um but I'm gonna give it to Trey I think that um Trey Gain from the Braves really changed his play um from last year to this year um he wasn't bad last year but I think if you look at the stats in 2022 he was towards the bottom of the league in average mm -hmm. Um, and he came into 2023 and made an impact right away. Like we talked about, he had those home runs against uh, my team that basically won the Braves that opening series. Um, he played well against you guys down the stretch. Like he had a key home run against um, the Mets um, mm -hmm. that kept the game alive. Like he, he had a really great year. He put up a lot of numbers. Um, I think he ended with like four home runs or five home runs or something, which was like, mm -hmm good on him you know like a great year um and a guy that you love to see playing well so i'm gonna give it to trey i think that if you look at differences from last year to this year he's the one who like made the most strides to like get better yeah i think that's a great pick for that um i don't know i mean i guess to i feel like it's tough because a lot of guys uh had pretty consistent years from last year yeah. um and I think you kind of touched on that with Bryce, especially. And, you know, you could even make a case for Joe, too. I think Joe mm -hmm. uh, Joe was probably a little – I wouldn't say he was more impactful in 2022, but I think he had more moments where he shined, I guess. But this year, I think, once again, he was very good. And I, I really like your point for Cam, though. So I'm a, I, I wanted to give it to Cam. 
Um, I think he was just very – I thought – I think Brownie had a great year. Um, and what you, you kind of touched on, I mean, his sample size wasn't much before. We knew he could we, – we knew he could hit. We've seen it. We know he might be able to pitch. But I thought this year he really stepped into a good role and – I think he just got better. I mean, even if – I don't know if statistically he got better every series, but I think he became more comfortable playing. And uh, I give him credit because he's tough to play against and he's hard to pitch against. Yeah. And he's and you don't really want him up at the plate. So I'm going to give that to him. I think he deserves it, uh, especially after kind of a weird first few seasons in the league, kind of stepping into a full-time role and I would say doing it very comfortably and doing really well. So I'm impre- I was Great impressed pick. with him. Yeah. Great pick. Matt, how about you? Yeah, I um... – I, I kind of went a little different uh, approach here. I actually gave it to Bryce uh, from the Diamondbacks. I really liked yeah. his year this year. Um, I know My he. Boy. I just think that he really <laughs> stepped into a bigger role this year on a team that needed someone to really take that next step um, yeah. to get you guys into back into like that top team caliber this year. And I think he did it in a big way. I mean, he was he was good at the um, at the plate. He was good on the mound. So I think that you know. Again, you think of two-way players. I gotta give it to him for um, mm. most improved. Bryce is a super underrated pitcher. Super so underrated. underrated. <laughs> oh, dude, dude, ERA was perfect. <laughs> he pitched like one inning. I know it was legit one inning. I think. Yeah, no, but I, he's, no. I mean, look at that NLCS we played against you guys last year. Like he's tough yeah. to hit against. Yeah. Bryce is I would have liked. I would have liked to see him a little bit more, um, just because. Not for any like, not a slight to you. Like I think you're a, I think you're a Cy Young finalist. But um, like, I feel like I've been playing against you for four seasons now. Yeah. That yeah. like I can kind of predict what you're gonna do. I may not be able yeah. to execute on it. Um, no, yeah. But I still know, know what's coming. Yeah. Bryce is like such a fucking wild card when he's pitching. <laughs> he <is>. Yeah. <laughs> he's good, man. Yeah, but that's a great pick. For, yeah, um, just to just to touch on both your points, I guess like another case for Bryce. He was a lot more confident this year. And to, to your point, Brendan, the, one of the reasons I feel like we never really put him into games, and I would offer to them all the time, yeah, you guys want to go in. He just he would never really speak up on it, but then when he did, he, he, would, he would shine. So, or at least yeah. he was comfortable on the mound. So, I, I, I like that pick, Matt. Pick it from my boy. I hope I see him in the playoffs this year for on the mound a little bit, maybe. Oh, you know, yeah. Maybe, we'll maybe some, like, you know, lead off. You Lynch know, whatever, is yeah. not going to give the rock away that easy. Please. Hey, you never know. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> if he can if he can prove something, maybe shows up before game one in playoffs and he got a new got a little new pitch, I'll, I'll let him go. We'll yeah. see. We'll see. Out there, like. we'll see. Um, I trust him. Let's trust myself more. <laughs> All right, next award, Gold Glove. Um, this one's a weird one because we don't keep defensive stats. Yeah. Uh, so it's tough to like look at a statistic and be like, this guy's leading. Um, so you basically have to go off the eye test here. Two guys that I'm going to give honorable mentions to. Number one is Colin. This is a bit yeah. of a weird one because he he has solidified his candidacy as a pitcher. Yeah. So he's really good at getting off the mound and catching foul balls. Um, probably so, one of his strong suits. Yeah. <laughs> like no ball is out of contention for Colin to get. Crazy. Uh, and especially this year, I felt like, you know, the Braves collected a lot of their outs by Colin, like, diving head first into foul territory to snag a ball um so you know i don't think he necessarily did that like a high volume because like no offense their team was getting fucking shellacked every game (laughs) but (laughs) when he did it was impressive so i give him an honorable mention i also give an honorable mention to drew michael you kind of touched on this like super fucking consistent 
um, in the field. Um, I think any of the A's could, you know, be a candidate for gold glove because they were like the best team at like fundamental fielding. You know, they yeah. turned two a couple times this year, which never happens. Never. Um, they were so good at that throw from short to first that like no one ever makes in time. They, they gunned some guys out. Um, but drew was kind of the backbone of their defense this year. Um, from a fielding perspective, he vacuumed up a lot of balls. He was similar to Colin going for balls in foul territory. Um, and yeah, I thought that he was pretty consistent, but I'm going to selfishly give this one to myself. I think that I did more than enough to win a gold glove this year. I, and that was a focus that I had in the off season was yeah. I felt like the year prior uh, th- we've talked about this on podcast before, but a big reason why we lost to the Mets in the final slate was because I dropped a pop up um, yeah. and we would have eventually gotten home field and then had home field in the world series. And in my opinion would have been a completely different world series if we were the home team. Um, and that's on me. I dropped an easy pop up cause I tried to be a hot shot and slide into it and make a catch. And, it just bounced right off my hand. And so I legitimately spent time in the off season, like making sure that I could catch a spinning wiffle ball um, because it, it, it makes a difference. Like if you're dropping pop-ups, like that's just an easy out that you need to collect. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I have to go back to confirm this, but I don't think I dropped a single ball this year. I had some, pretty great catches starting off in slate one when you were commentating i had like an over the shoulder at the wall bobble backhanded catch which was, was phenomenal i had a yeah. lot of uh catches in foul territory um i think that mini fenway i really solidified my candidacy thanks to you guys because in that third game you guys would just hit the ball right to me and i caught it every um, single time dude. <laughs> i had like six or seven catches in the outfield that game that's um, great and I think that, you know, not to be selfish, but when you like, if you were to compare the numbers, I think that in terms of like defensive catches, I think I'd be leading. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to give it to myself. Yeah. I like you. I like picking you there. I think even just kind of build on your case, I guess, like you also make like the craziest catches. Like it's actually not. I do you make some weird them. ones. <laughs> like, I don't understand how you catch some of the balls you make, like to get those out. It makes no sense. Um, I had you too. Uh, just because whenever we play against you, I feel like you always make some crazy, some crazy out, or the ball just finds you. Especially on in the air, you're really good in the air. So I give you credit for that. But uh, I remember when we played the. I mean, I, I hate repeating, but like uh, when we played the A's, Bada was really good, and even Nate. I think Nate's a little underrated because he's usually pitching, but Nate, Nate Nate's pretty good at uh, picking the ball up and just making a play quickly. And my final honorable mention, I got to give it to Bryce. Bryce sucked in the field the year before, and he did a lot better this year. I'm gonna give it. To, I'm gonna honestly just just my boys, Bryce yeah. and Joe. They they were we were bad in the field in 2022, and I made a big effort to say we have to keep the ball in front of us. They weren't perfect. Either was I. I made a lot of errors, but I was more impressed with. I, I trusted them more. At least keeping the ball in front and making some plays. So, but I am gonna give it to you. Thanks, Matt. Yeah, you're welcome. I, uh, Brendan, I also had you. Um, Let's go. Sweet. I remember there was one game and I watched you play against the Mets where you ran from the set from center field all the way over to where like that fence runs down the side that goes out to like that parking lot way out back and you slid in and like caught the ball like a receiver on a, on the on like a punt in the NFL. Incredible. Like you went all out for a wiffle ball in foul territory. Like, oh yeah. 
That's what you're supposed and, to do. I don't think there's anything yeah. anybody like way to describe you than just a flying squirrel. You just out there making being shifty in the field, like <laughs> making the plays, just running around between like first and third. Just the movement is just incredible. So I think just like for defensive shifts and the ability to like just have an absolute lock on the ball where it's gonna be once it's off the bat is just out of this world. So I gave it to you for Gold Glove this year. Thanks. Yeah, there's a bit of a backstory to that too. Um, first of all. That was not on camera, which I was pissed about because it was so far away from where all the other camera angles were that there was just no cameras going to get it. But um, like you said, I literally went sliding into the fence and I hurt myself like relatively badly. Um, So that was the first out of the third inning, I believe, in the game that we beat the Mets. Yeah, in the Um, third game, yeah. Yeah, in the third game. So went a long way to winning the game for us. The next morning, I had to get on a flight to Missouri. Um, and I was ailing in pain. I don't know what I did to my, it was from that. Cause I, and like my girlfriend said too, she was like, she came over to me. She's like, you definitely just hurt yourself. I, I slid like literally like into that chain link fence. That's oh, over yeah. on the side and it hurt. And I was the whole trip I was in Missouri, especially on the flights. Cause we had like a couple of flights. I was popping Advil. Like, it, oh my God. Like I was in so much pain. Like, like it was it, candy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Like, it's, it's sad to say for a wiffle ball, but, like, I, w- I was in pain. That was, like, I left it all out there. So, yeah, I feel like that alone should, should win me the award. But I don't it's know. We'll too bad on camera. That was, a, that was an electric catch. Like, yeah, and it was the same exact thing that I did the year before that I dropped. So right. it felt like yeah. kind of, you know, I got my redemption. Like, I did make the play this time. So, uh, yeah. So, yeah, there's that. All right, we'll, we'll speed through these next three so we can get to Matt's bracket. Um, Heck, yeah. I also, I, actually, there's four. I had a most clutch as well, which will be a real award. I didn't, like, I didn't have any runner-up. I did have runner-ups for it, but I don't need to go too much in depth. I gave it to Lynch. Um, I think Thank you. you. Lead, I think you were the franchise leader in walk-off home runs, and you had a bunch this year. So Yeah, um, I appreciate that. Yeah, I gave I, it to you. And I'm assuming I, I, that we'd all give it to you as well. I'd yeah, give it to myself. Michael, yeah, without even being like, yeah, without, dang, I appreciate it. Without even being cocky, I felt like you said it one time, like there's no one you commentated. There's no one else you wanted to play, like up at the plate right now than me. And I like just coursed through my veins. I was like, Yeah, and then you I, hit I, a walk-off. And then I hit a walk-off. <laughs> so um, I agree. And I, I honestly, like without even, I sound so weird to say, but I would just kind of replay that in my head whenever I was up in a big moment, just like, hey, like, you can do this. You're, you're built for this. And I would just try to, yeah. whether I struck out or got ahead, I felt confident. So I, I appreciate that. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, you're the walk-off guy. Like, I don't yeah. think, and I think that it, especially this year, there were a lot of games that, and on yeah. the mound too, you got some yeah. really key punch outs. Um, there's, there's very few players that have like that clutch gene that you have. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you, you handle pressure really well. And I don't think I can say that for a lot of, it's not a slight to anybody else. I don't think I can yeah. say that for a lot of people. It's, it's tough to play in this league. It's nerve wracking. Yeah, it's hard. Um, so, yeah, I give you most clutch. Um, next one, Silver Slugger. My two runner-ups are Ferulo and Jackson. I'm going to give it to Ryan Davies. I think that he deserves an award um, just based on his offensive stats alone. He's obviously not going to win Rookie of the Year. Um, I don't have him winning anything else. So I'm going to give him Silver Slugger because um, I think he's, like, top two in, in average, and he played a lot less games than everybody else. I think he's the – like pure talent i think he's the best hitter in the league so i got davies for the silver slugger yeah i would have liked to seen more of him but i definitely can respect that point i had him on my list too but i just it was just another consistent year from jackson like 
He's yeah. just he's just a good hitter, man. Like you can't take that away from him. The bat's in his hand; he's going to do something with it. Uh, so, I think he deserves it. I think he deserves recognition every year and some sort of postseason award. So, I think this one suits him well this year, especially for this kind of the the, the season we had as a league and all the players that have, kind of had great years. I think Silver Slugger is a good one for him. Yeah, I also gave Jackson the Silver Slugger because when you look at the when you look at the numbers, he's the only person to have double digit home runs. As well as just his his um over overplay percentage is just absurd. So it's like I I gotta give it to him. He's just he's what you want at the, as a, out of a hitter. He hits it on about I think it's uh like it's like six out of ten times he's he's hitting it pretty consistently in yeah. play. Um just just a pure hitter. So I gave it to him. Yeah, definitely worthy of it. Had another great year. Uh, the only reason why that team was successful. Um, <laughs> Next one, Cy Young. I think this is a no-brainer. It's Dom. Yeah, it's Dom. Yeah. Sub oh, yeah. one ERA. Yeah, I mean, you can't beat that. It was either yeah, Dom or Bryce. It was <laughs> either Dom or Bryce, man. <laughs> yeah, two, I mean, two pitchers in the league. It was just he—he he was, he was just the toughest pitcher. We don't even need to talk about it. Just so fucking good. Um, yeah. yeah Shout out to Frulo for having another good year, though, on the mound. He was he's, in my finals. Yeah. Yeah. Frulo's good on the mound, man. He's tough to. He's tough. And uh, I had Jackson in there as well. I had you in yeah. there. I had multiple finalists because I think there were a yeah. lot of pitchers that had good years. I also had Davies. <laughs> yeah, he's good. Yeah. He only pitched in one series, but I put yeah, him Davies in there. Just, yeah. just as an honorable mention because I think he's the best pitcher. Like, if he pitched every game, I think he'd have better numbers than Dom. Yeah. I mean, he's 3-0 and in his career on the mound. So, <laughs> you know, not I a lot of guys can say that. I think Dom is just so generationally good, though, on the mound that it's it's hard to take it away from him. This it's year. a good way to put it. He's a generational talent. Yeah, he's, he's a really good talent. Uh, yeah. Um, all right. Guy, like. <laughs> um, last one, the big one, MVP. Uh, my two runner-ups here are Davies and Jackson. I didn't put Ferulo there. Ferulo was the MVP runner-up last year. I didn't put him in there this year um, just because I felt like Look, there's two ways you can look at the MVP, right? Like, most valuable player. Are you going to give it to, like, the best statistical player or the most valuable, like, to his team? Um, and I think that last year, Ferula made the case that he was one of the better statistical players in the league. He was right up there again this year. But the way that our team was constructed was we were so balanced across the board that, like, no one player really stood out. So mm -hmm. I feel like when I think about Ferulo's season this past year – I don't want to say I wasn't blown away. Like, he did so well, but it's like our team as a whole, we kind of operated as a unit. So I think that le left less room for, like, guys to excel as individuals. Um, Jackson, I think, is quite obviously th the most valuable player to a team of any mm -hmm. player and any team. Like, yeah. I think if you were to take away the best player on any other team, the team would still be pretty good. Yeah. If you took Jackson away from the Mets, I think they'd be hard-pressed to win a game, mm -hmm. uh, especially this year, especially this year. Their, their numbers outside of Jackson were rough, like very rough. They, they have no depth. They, they, were just, they didn't have any production outside of Jackson. I mean, he was the reason that they were winning games, um, and he's such a great player, Lynch, like you said. Like, he's just so consistently good. He's so yeah. dominant. He's so hard to play against. Um, and he loves wiffle ball, another guy that loves the game and it translates. Um, and then Ryan Davies, like I said, I think that he's probably the best talent in the league. Uh, 
Uh, like you said, we didn't get to see a lot out of him. Yeah. Um, had we seen more, maybe this list would be a little bit different. But I just I think he proved that he was just kind of very casually the best player in the league, um, but just didn't really get the opportunity to showcase it fully. Um, and part of that's like his 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 play style, right? Like he's yeah. a quiet kind of humble, like keep to himself guy, um, kind of like the silent assassin almost just kind of gets it done. But I think mm-hmm. he's the best player in the league. But I'm going to give the MVP to Dom. Um, he was the best pitcher in the league, and uh, I think he's up there with one of the best hitters. Um, he had a really good year at the plate. He hit a lot of crucial home runs. Really, in the middle of the season was the reason why the Expos were as hot as they were. Um, yeah. And I think that the MVP actually this year could go to a lot of different guys. Like I think you could make the case for Jackson. You could make the case for Davies. You could make the case for Nick. You could make the case for Dom. You could make the case for like Chase even. Um, there's yeah. a lot of guys you could make a case for, but I'm going to give it to Dom. I think he had the best overall year out of anybody. Yeah. I mean, I think you summed it up perfectly. Uh, you just can kind of see it from – he pretty much swept everything he could have been in this year. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? All the, all the nominations he uh, could have been up – all the awards he could have been nominated for. Uh, I just think he was just so dominant. And even to your point about, like, kind of a Jackson with the Mets, like, most valuable valuable to their team, I think he, he won them a lot of games on the mound. Yeah, Davies definitely could have probably stepped in, but we, we really haven't seen it. Um, but from, like, what we have and what we saw, there was there was no one better than Don and what he did, really, all year. Uh, and I think he had that confidence to him, too, which really helped. He was very – Maybe he's kind of quiet sometimes out there, but he also gets into it. But I think he knew how good he was and how good he was able to be. So I think the MVP has an easy one for me. Is yep. Dom. Yeah, see, I'm going to uh, bat- combat you on this one. I actually picked Nick Frulo to win this this year. Um, okay. I really, I really Represent. And um, he was top five in both hitting and pitching, which is Dom wasn't in the top five for hitting, but he was number one for pitching. And then yeah. Jackson was number one for hitting and just just fell out of that um, that top <laughs> slot for um, he he was like right below Nick for pitching this year, so I I just got to give it to um, Nick Ferullo. I think he was a big part of the reason why the Padres won as many games or won at least some games this season. Um, and that's nothing against Brendan or Cam in this in this team, but um, I just think that Nick, you know, top to bottom player was just he he did it all for you guys and he he kept doing a lot of games. Whether you won or lost, I mean, he was—he definitely was a big reason why things broke the way they did. And um, I, I just think that you know, coming off last year, he really stayed consistent this year. So I got to give it to him. Yeah, he was definitely the unsung hero of our team for sure. Um, I mean, like I said, I thought that the way that our team was constructed, we were a bit more balanced, and it didn't leave a lot of room for guys to, you know, stand up alone so to speak, whereas you have um, – and, Lynch, I think your team is very similar as well. You guys mm-hmm. operate as, like, a unit, whereas yeah. I think the Expos, it was, like, the Dom show. You know, the sometimes. Mets, it was – yeah, sometimes. Yeah, they're yeah. The, I think they're the deepest team in the league, but he really took on a life of his own, I, you know. Yeah. He, um, and the Mets, obviously, it's Jackson. Um, the Braves, it's Chris, right? Like, um, And I would like to say, I think if Chris plays a full season, he probably wins it. Um, or at least win Silver Slugger, like defends yeah. his Silver Slugger title, you know. Um, but, yeah, not uh, Ferulo, again, he was the runner-up last year. He won the Cy Young last year. Um, he, he gets it done. He's, he's a great player to have. Probably my favorite. Um, I've made, like, a couple trades now in my, in my tenure as a manager. I think 
trading for Ferula was huge because um, oh, his talents were not being used correctly on the Mets. They just weren't. They didn't let him pitch. They didn't really let him hit. And uh, I saw a void on our team that I thought he could fill, and he has stepped into his role beautifully. Um, he's become our guy. He's our he's our go-to. So, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, definitely definitely deserving of an MVP. For but uh, we'll talk more about the uh, about the awards as we get closer to the awards show uh, in like a month or two. But the regular season just ended. We still have some wiffle ball, some free wiffle ball. Um, you paid for the regular season, and you're going to get the most electric postseason in league history. Um, we've got some great matchups coming up. Lynchy and I cannot talk about these because we know what happens, but Matt does not know. So we're going to get into the 2023 postseason bracket. Matt, you're going to give us your picks. We'll go matchup by matchup. Lynch, you and I can talk a little bit about, like, the teams and just preview the matchup, but I yeah. think we should steer clear of accidentally leaking anything. Um, and, uh, and yeah, this will, uh, this will be the official start of like the bracket challenge. Um, Matt, you're going to give us the first one. So let's start with, uh, with the first postseason video that's going to be coming out on the American league side of things. Uh, the number two seed athletics and the number three seed Braves in the ALDS. Take it away. So I picked the uh, I picked the Athletics in this one uh, in a three game series. I have it going three games. I think the Braves scrape away a win in either the first one they come out and shock them, or they get it in the second game as like a scrappy come from behind win. But I do see the Athletics moving on in this one. Like we mentioned earlier, the Braves disappointing year for them. Um, just not a lot to hang to hang your hat on this year for them. And you know, as we mentioned, you know any given playoff series, but I think this is where their road ends early in the first round. Um, I'm giving it to the Athletics. Um, you know, Chase has been electric this year, and I think Drew Botta, you know, he's an unsung hero for their hitting core. You know, he had four home runs this year, which is the most of any player in the bottom five um, for ERA this or for um, for I don't know what the term Average. is, but stats this yeah for stats this year, and I, I think for him it's um it's a big moment for him. So I'm picking the Athletics to move on here. Nice. Um... Yeah, the interesting thing about this series is that it was played like less than 12 hours apart from the regular season series that they played. Um, so that kind of set the tone as well going into yeah. it. Um, yeah. Was like they literally had just played against each other. So, you know, take that how you will. Like some people will say that that will benefit, you know, the athletics who just swept them. Some will say that it will benefit the Braves because they got to see the athletics best stuff. Whereas the Braves didn't right. pitch Colin in the regular season finale. They pitched Trey for the most part. Colin pitched like one inning, I think, just to keep the arm loose. Um, but, yeah, it was a unique situation where, like, Lynch, our team's going into our playoff series, had a lot of rest um, yeah. versus um, these guys literally played against each other back-to-back -back days. Uh, yeah. Matt, have any player props for this series? <laughs> Let's uh, let, let, me, let me pull up the separate document real quick. Um, we we got we got to go you know by the numbers here obviously. Um, so for batting in this one, I mentioned it before. Drew had four home runs this year. I'm picking him to have a least two hits in this series. Um, I'm taking him to have at least one hit in the first game, um, and then I think for. The Braves, I'm, I'm picking Trey to have a home run in this series. I don't know when, but I, I, I do pick him to have a home run. I haven't, I, I'm not picking by game because it's just, it's, it's too close of a series to pick by game. 
But uh, I'm taking him to have a home run. And then for pitching, I'm gonna do um, I'm gonna do uh, Nate to have over four strikeouts throughout the series. And then I'm gonna have um, Colin to have the under on four strikeouts in this series. So wow, that's my that's my player. You gotta send all these to me so we can like see if each each podcast when the videos come out, we'll see if they hit or not. Yeah, yeah. Because no, I honestly don't know. Like I, the individual stats, like I don't really remember that stuff. I just remember what yeah. happened. So let me. It'll uh, be let funny me, to me, see if that. If yeah, that, let me get uh, these over to you when this is over. Like, they, yeah, yeah. We'll see if any hitters. Those not, are like. some. Those are some pretty impressive player props. Yeah, though, they're honestly. pretty good, actually. They're fair. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I'd put money on those. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would take half those. Like literally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do a little six game, six leg parlay on those, like. <laughs> Big, big so, fan uh, of parlay, you know? <laughs> so Matt has the athletics advancing to the um, ALCS um, in three games over the Braves. Got some pretty impressive player props there as well. Let's head over to the NLDS, which will be coming out following the ALDS. Number two Diamondbacks hosting the number three Padres, a rematch of not only Mini Fenway, but of the 2022 NLCS. Matt, who are you taking here? All right, so this was a tough one for me because I watched the mini Fenway series, you know, and it, it's that was the most. This was the, the out of the out of this list. This is one of the hardest ones I had to pick, except for the World Series. So take that as you will. I did take the Padres to win this. I take I that Lynch. Pod, I picked the Padres to win. <laughs> what do you have to do? <laughs> simply because of the pitching matchup, Michael. I love you on the mound. But oh, I just man. think that if, I, if I'm giving MVP to Nick Ferrulo, I gotta pick him to at least win the first round. That's so, a fair point. Um, so fair. I, so I, fair. I, I think, um, but I think this is gonna be like a like a low scoring one zero like o one type series, and this does go three games. This is not a two game series. Um, I'm thinking that you know Cam has a big a big day at the plate, and Brendan, you gotta make some plays in the field in this one. So um, I think when it comes down to it, I think it's and you know. Especially on the other side of the ball for the Diamondbacks, I think that you know Michael, you're fabulous on the mound, and you know you need that that casting help from Bryce, and um, you definitely need some uh, you need you need your guys to step up in this one. So it's it's definitely a tough spot for um, both your teams across the board. It's a tough matchup, um, defensive minded on both sides, in my opinion. Um, so I think that um, I think when it comes down to it, I, th- I take the Padres in this one. Nice. Any player props that you're looking at? Um, I'm taking I'm taking Ferulo over six strikeouts in the series, which is I know it's a lot for wiffle ball, considering that's like half of the total outs. Um, <laughs> and then Michael, I'm taking the over for you on six six, six strikeouts as well. Um, I I think that you guys are both just dominant mound players, and this is like yeah. this is a pitcher's duel. Like yeah. I I'm not taking any hitting props on this one because it's just too unpredictable. Wow. Um, sorry, I'm just not like. He doesn't mess with you at the plate, Brandon. He doesn't mess with you. He doesn't like. He doesn't like my play at the plate. He doesn't trust your bat in the hands. So. Maybe if I'll catch a couple lie. balls in the field. Yeah. yeah, but we don't get player props on that. Like, yeah, you can make up any fucking player prop you want. <laughs> Brendan Burlett right, over five catches. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, I'll give Brendan Burlett over two and a half errors. No, I'm kidding. Uh, oh. <laughs> We all just gave this man the gold glove. What are we talking about? Yeah, no, I don't have errors. <laughs> well, not since last uh, World Series. But other than that, you know. Uh... Right. Jeez. <laughs> That's a straight and a half, man. No when way. the ball slipped out of my hand and hit Seth in the back, that was a huge error. <laughs> huge, huge. Uh, but no, I, um, I, I just don't love the 
the hitting cores in this one just just simply because of the the pitching on both sides. Um, I will say that I don't think this is a type of series where you're going to see a lot of you know offensive firepower. I've said, but I would take the under on total runs in this series, and I would set that line at eight runs in the whole series. In the whole series. Damn. All right. Um, yeah. He you really has a pitcher's duel. Yeah, no, I'm talking like I'm talking like one oh two oh games. Like I gotta bring a game. Yeah, definitely. Um, I will say not so, to like spoil anything, but this series, like the video, just based on like when we played it, like we played it like golden hour. It's yeah. it was a sick atmosphere. Um and I hope that comes across in the video. I haven't really I looked at any that. of the footage yet. This will definitely be a good one. We'll have a good recap after this one as well. Um, mm. I like the player props. Those are funny, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, all right. Um. So your final four, Expos, Padres, Mets, Athletics is what you yeah. have right now. That's what I have All right. right so now. let's jump back over to the American League, which will be the following video. Mets. Yep. And athletics, the one and two seeds in the American League. How do you foresee this one going? See, I think it's see now. The athletics have had a great year, and you know we, we talked about maybe making a a, um, uh, a case for Chase for MVP. And again, you're going against the all round, arguably greatest player in the league right now, Jackson. And I and for that reason, I'm taking the Mets. You know, I, as we said, you take away Jackson from this team, they you're hard pressed to find a win. But you put him on this team, or any team for that matter, you could even put him on the Braves from this season, and they'd probably be the one seed as right now. So I think that, you know, you, you play against him, you see him on both sides of the ball, that he's just, he's, you know, number six pitcher, number one hitter, just absolutely electric on both sides. I got him um, taking the uh, win here with the Mets. Two, three games. Two, two games. Sweep. Two games sweep. Yeah, two games sweep. Nice. Yeah, and then player props? Player props, I'm giving him two plus home runs as well as over six Ks for Jackson. Just absolutely dominant in this one. Um, I have no player props for the athletics in this one because I don't think there's going to be a lot to talk about. So, <laughs> Yeah, I feel like it's tough to give anyone other than Jackson like player props. Well, there's no one else on that team to give player props to. Like... Right. <laughs> I mean... Um... Yeah, I mean, Jackson's so dominant. I mean, that's the conversation going into the postseason, right? Is like you just know that he's going to perform. Um, so, yeah, definitely uh, I, don't, I don't hate looking at his strikeout total and his home run total. Again, I don't remember what it was. Um, but, yeah, not bad at all. And then on the, on the National League side of things, Expos against the number three-seeded Padres. Um, Expos 13-2, and two, Padres 6-9. and nine. How do you see this one going? Um, so, okay, so you're playing against, you know, Dom, who is just absolutely incredible. You know, he's he's arguably, I mean, he is the best pitcher by statistics and arguably the most dominant player besides Jackson in the league right now. The way he has the ability to control the ball, it does things to you on the mound. I mean, it, 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 you see that ball coming, you don't know where it's going to go. It's, it's scary. And then you throw in a guy like Davies who can just hit the ball a mile and you've just got a, a real complete team there playing against a scrappy Padres team that's coming off a three-game series against the um, the D-backs. And, you know, have the, all that being said, I think the Cinderella run continues. I'm taking the Padres in this one. I'm, I'm taking the Padres in this one, yeah. Wow. 
I like what I saw. off the number one seed in Matt's book. I, I like what I saw out of you guys in the um, in the first in the series you played against them when you didn't want to show them your best stuff. I think that's going to play a lot into this if you guys play them in the playoffs this year. Um, and I, I I just think that's how that's how I see it going. So. I like that you categorized us as scrappy too. I think that's. I mean, you're scrappy that's team. Exactly like, how I'd categorize us. You're coming we're off scrappy. a brutal World Series loss last year. It's a scrappy team. Like. Yeah, yeah, so. we're scrappy for sure. Any uh, pl- any player props for this one? See this one, I'm I'm definitely hammering the over on um, Dom strikeouts. I mean, he's just or just outs in general. I mean, it, it, you know, he could he has the ability to play up to pitch a perfect game. I'm not going to say he's going to pitch a perfect game, but he could. You know what I mean? Um, he's done I'm it also before. Gonna, I, yeah, he's just. But does can he do it with the pressure? Can he do it with the pressure in this one? Who knows? Um, for that reason, I'm taking him over six strikeouts, like in the whole series again. I'm thinking it's a three game series where it comes down to the very end. I'm also going to give it, uh, give Brendan a home run in this one. I just think you have the pop on the ball against someone who's a strikeout pitcher. <laughs> Because when the when the when the uh, ball's over the plate, you you see it a lot better, and you have the ability to go yard with it. Where you're when you chase, it's it's tough to it's tough to find your pitch outside the zone. So I think with someone as dominant as he is with his control of the ball, if you can get a hold of one, I, I think you go yard with it. I've been waiting for some love over here. Finally, <laughs> jeez, absolutely <laughs> took took you long enough to give me a fucking player prop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also taking I'm also taking Cam Brown over four and a half hits in this one. Um, Round I really eight. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I really like this one. No, sorry. Does he have four, four hits in his career? <laughs> over four and a half. Over four and a half bases. Um, uh, bases. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> bases. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm I'm like, I think he only has three career hits. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? Can you imagine? That's nah, like, a joke. He definitely uh, has more yeah. than that. He he had four home runs this year, I think. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Anyway, continue. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> no, that's uh, that's all I got. So I'm uh, taking I'm taking Cam Brown four and a half um, bases in this in the series, not in a single game. Um, nice. So yeah, so I'm I'm setting it up as a Padres Mets uh, World Series round two fall classic this year. Um, yeah, that's that's how I see it going. Nice. And what do you have for that World Series matchup? So you've got you know the arguably again as i said most dominant two-way player in baseball you you'd almost never want to bet against him but i think this year the pressure of he has no supporting cast to back him up this year gets him i i picked the padres to win the world series this year absolutely how many games three cinderella run sweep I, I don't pick a sweep in this one i just don't i i think that that's a, that's a sweep in the world series it's best of five Oh, sorry. Uh, then five, five games. Oh, <laughs> I, I thought it was my bad. Um, whatever the max amount of games is, <laughs> max twenty three. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We actually we just play every day for a year. <laughs> oh, I love that. You know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so one eighty one to like one eighty at the end of the year, like <laughs> yeah, just, just comes down. It's not even game. It's not even game uh, seven anymore. It's game three sixty four. Like. <laughs> Just electric. No, but I, I am taking the Padres to win the World Series this year. I think that, you know, you guys have got a lot better in the offseason. You improve your game. And I think the Mets just kind of fall flat in that situation of can they 
do it can can Jackson Hart really do it all? Like if he can if he wins the World Series this year, I think he solidifies himself as the best player in TBR wiffle ball because he literally did it with the by himself. And if he can do that, then it's he's he's the Tom Brady of baseball. It's like yeah, I mean, especially if you're measuring success in like hardware, you know, MVP last year playoff MVP last year, World Series MVP last year, World Series champion last year, Cy Young runner-up, Silver Slugger runner-up. And then you go into this year, he led that team to first place in the American League, and he led them to a nine-win season. Like, I don't think you're far off in saying that, like, I mean, regardless of what happens in the postseason, I think he's still in the conversation. But if if he can complete this kind of one man show all the way through, I think undoubtedly you got to give him the goat tag for the time being. I, I hate to say yeah. that at like our own expense, Lynch, because I think when when you're talking about guys who have been in the league since day one, I feel like you and I are up there for like the grizzled veterans who should be considered <laughs> the greatest of all time. I um, agree. But Jackson's right there. He's also a journeyman. You know, I mean, started. He's been around. Like, people forget he was a Dodger back in the day in 2020. Yeah. Like, no one remembers that. And he was in the OG TBR Wiffle Ball Leagues back before TBR existed, like the neighborhood leagues. He was on the – I think they were the Braves at one point, maybe the Orioles, the Giants. We had a bunch of different teams in the neighborhood leagues. But he was in all of them. So he's, he's just as grizzled as you and I, arguably yeah. more. Um, so yeah, definitely. And I'm happy for him too, because he's found his place with the Mets. You know, he was bouncing around, um, and he, he didn't produce nearly as, um, efficiently as he has since joining the Mets. So, um, good on him for kind of becoming the player that he's become. And I'm glad to see him, uh, you know, just being one of the best in the league, if not the best, um, Matt, let's talk player props for this world series. What are you looking at? Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to take, um, in this one, I'm going to run over to the, the batting leaders real quick. Bear with me. Um, I'm taking Jackson Hart over three home runs in this one. He is just, when he makes contact with the ball, there's a chance he just goes yard every time. So I'm taking his over uh, on that for, I'm taking Jackson um, three home runs or more in this one. And I, I think he's very capable in the five-game series of doing that, that I think it's going to be. On the same side, I think that both Brendan, Ferulo, and Cam all go yard. In this series, I'm taking through the lineup home runs, uh, nice. which which keep you guys in scrappy. the series like scrappy, scrappy <laughs> Um So I'm just gonna do Padres hold all team home runs like, um, and then I also think that this is the opposite of what we saw in the Diamondbacks Padres series. Not a pitcher's duel. I would take the over on runs, over on bases, over on hits for almost every player in both sides of the lineup. Um, because both in both teams, both in both these teams play each other in the regular season. You saw this um, in the game that I commentated. It was a back and forth battle. I mean, there were home runs, there were you know doubles and singles, left and right walks, um, but not. You'd be hard pressed to find strikeouts from anyone but Jackson. And I think that in a series where I pick you guys to win, I have to say that you would be making contact with the ball pretty well. So for that reason, I'm taking both sides of of the both lineups to be over on hits runs and bases nice all right that's a pretty complete bracket if i've ever heard one um what we'll do is we'll after each series and before the next one once like you know things actually start to take shape obviously we'll do recap podcast but we'll also have 
you put in some new player props for the upcoming series sure, and sure. you know because you'll look actually the, start to see numbers yeah 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 exactly exactly right um yeah i mean i'm excited for the postseason i i'm sure everybody is um but the just the way that the regular season has gone i think it's set up for a really special postseason so uh so i'm excited but yeah i don't have anything else um if anyone else has any last thoughts they want to throw out there go for it now no i got nothing great got nothing all right so we'll be back uh, athletics and Braves ALDS will be dropping in just a couple days. So keep an eye out on the Instagram for that. And then we'll be back on this podcast to recap that series, preview the Diamondbacks and Padres NLDS in a bit more depth, um, and then talk about the, uh, the matchup on the American League side of things once we know who the Mets will be facing in that championship series. But until then... Appreciate everybody so much for listening. Episode 128 of the Booth Review Podcast. Uh, Matt and I will be back on Pick'em in a couple days as well. Tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then, Michael, you and I can do some fucking Jeopardy bullshit again if you want. (laughs) Sign me up. All right. Yeah. But uh, anyway, you'll hear the three of us again, and we'll probably get some guests on as well, like players who played in those series, um, to just, you know, chat about some more wiffle ball. It's always great when we talk whiffs. So, uh, yeah, we'll see you boys uh, next time. Thanks for listening.